This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody, hope you are doing well out there, and we appreciate you hanging with us. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. What's up, Am Reyes? What's up, Nathan? What's up, William? What's up, Sean? What's up, Ball? What is up, Bry Guy? What is up, Tyler? Hope everybody's doing well. Tone, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. It's Tuesday. And uh, I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited to talk some, uh, talk some sports. I'm excited to uh, just exchange pleasantries with, with you, my friend. So let's do yeah. it. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, so look, obviously, what's up, Flexing and Stepping? What is up, Hertz? Real bad. What is up, uh, Mario? What's up, everybody? So all good. All good here uh, on our part. Certainly hanging out with you uh, is always fun. So let, let's start with a couple things, Tone. I was thinking about this because I think we kind of bounced this off of each other and we we, we had so many other things going on yesterday that, that I didn't we didn't really dig in on it. Um, what's the identity of this team? Mm. Mm. That's a loaded question, man. What is the identity of this team? What what is it or what should it be? What is it now? And then we'll dive into what should okay. it be. What is it? OK. Um, They don't have one. They don't have one. Um, they're struggling to figure out. I mean, it's it's very clear. Um, it's they, they had like there. There's no consistency in their approach to the game. If if I had to pinpoint any sort of identity, um, they're hell bent on passing to start up the run, things like that, right? That's mm -hmm. what they really um believe in, and that's and I think that's what they're kind of force feeding right now. But on the, on the offensive side, I don't believe uh they have an identity. At least on the defensive side, their identity is that defensive line. 
and everybody else do you do the best you can to hold on for their life mm-hmm. um they go as far as that defensive line takes them um there was a point in time where the philadelphia eagles offensive line was their lifeblood and um i don't know this this offensive line isn't getting it isn't getting the same push in run blocking if you ask me um i know we like to say that uh they don't have high quality running backs so on and so forth but i don't know i don't see i don't see them getting the same push or i don't see them creating the same lanes um is it strictly because Jalen Hurts isn't as big of a threat in the running game anymore. There's so like the Philadelphia Eagles are a Rubik's cube that I've been trying to figure out for the past few weeks. And um, I'm having a hard time figuring it out myself, but if I, if I had to really be honest about it, I don't believe they have an identity um, as a whole. I think that's a good answer. I I, I think, you know, you always compare this year's team to last year's team. It's only natural. It's proximity. It only happened last year. This team went to a Super Bowl last year. They dominate the regular season. If I right. think back to last year's team, <clears throat> no question it was getting after the quarterback to the tune of 70 sacks, right? So that was easy on the defensive side, man. Get to the quarterback, create some turnovers. That was easy. The other side of the ball, it was Jalen Hurts' domination. Jalen Hurts being a runner-up MVP, uh, you know, and, and utilizing the weapons that he had, obviously, with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and all that. But it was, I think it was pretty obvious. It was a team that got after the quarterback in a big way and a team that was led by Jalen Hurts. I think also they were a very aggressive team last year. Yeah. That was another thing that, that stood out to me. And I think I think of this team, and I think your assessment on the defensive side is right. Like they have to be a team that gets to the quarterback because there's they have so many weaknesses elsewhere on defense. But I think they don't know what they are on offense. Like I'm not sure if they're a team that just tries to strictly attack down the field. Uh, if they're utilizing the the slants the way that they should, uh, they, they've kind of gotten away from being a team that, that puts any kind of emphasis on the run game uh, where they, where they certainly dug in on that. I think after week one, I, I don't know what they are right now. And I think that's a problem. Like you should know by week we're heading into the 15th week here, of the NFL season, we should know what their identity is. And we have no idea. Yeah. That's the sad part about it. Um, this coaching staff has been here for three years. Uh, well, Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson, guys like that, Kevin Petullo, um, obviously Shane Steichen and Gannon are here. But Brian Johnson's been here for three years. Uh, Nick Sirianni's been here for three years. Uh, Kevin Petullo, he's a name that flies under the radar um, on offense. Uh, he's been here for three years as well. Um, and there's no, there's no plausible reason why they they should be struggling like this to establish an identity or have creativity in the offense. And that begs the question, what is Nick Sirianni's role here? That begs the question, how astute is he at his position? And the last thing I want to do is question the guy's intelligence. The last thing I want to do is question a guy's um, ability to do his job because at the end of the day, um, Nick Sirianni has done the grunt work to get to where he is. He's worked in D3 football. He's worked in D2 football. He's been a quality control guy. He's been a position coach. He's been the corner. He's 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 literally climbed up the ladder little by little. So the last thing I want to do is disrespect a guy's journey to his destination. But we're talking about today and all those things that you've been through in your in your previous life that got you to this point. Now we're holding you to a different standard. Right. Now we're criticizing you to a certain point. And now you're working in a new city 
and this city doesn't play about their football. It's just that simple. So we have high expectations and we expect nothing but competence at the positions. So when we see a head coach and a team that that's come in regularly unprepared or regularly come in uh, lacking fight or fire, um, lacking an identity at this point in the season, um, it's malpractice and it's an indictment on the coaching staff as a whole. Yeah, and I think you know, I I the notion that we should sort of just shut up and be happy that they're ten and three. I just I don't understand. Uh, like, I'm not buying me, it. Yeah, I'm not that's buying not it. that's not what we do. It's not. Does this look a ten and three team? Like, no. Do they look like a ten and three team? <clears throat> no, Tone. That's the problem. Like you you got away with some things for a while, and then eventually, when you really played the upper echelon, it caught you. It bit you the last two weeks. In they a hard can way. easily be seven and six. Right. But now, and that I hear you. Uh, and, and that's fair. And I think that that's why we look at this thing. Even look, you, we take this week to week in a lot of ways. You have to have perspective. Yes. That they're to. 10 and three, but we take it week to week. And what we've seen the last two weeks is not going to win this team a Super Bowl and may not win this team a playoff game, you know, let alone even get to the Super Bowl. So I think it's it, there's every right to look at things through a critical lens of what's happening with this team. By the way, Dave Zingaro is going to join us at eleven thirty. But yes, you have we have we you me everybody our fans that that are in the chat everybody has every right to look at this thing through through that lens because let's face it, I, I thought it was a really good piece today in NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com uh, by Ruben Frank and Ruben talked about the slow starts and the and the slow starts. You know, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to really dive into it. So let me throw some things at you, Tone. They started slowly. They, they've tried out the half in six straight games, okay? Um, they uh, Jalen Hurts has zero touchdown passes in the first half the last five weeks. Did you realize that? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't right? realize that at all. Okay. They haven't scored more than seven points in the first quarter since week one. Since they played New England – they haven't had more than seven points in the first quarter as an offense. They've been outscored 106 to 50 since week eight in the first half. They've been outgained in the last six games on average 220 to 140. And they have one takeaway before the half the last six games. So this is that's a byproduct for me at least of not being prepared well enough going into games. And that falls squarely on the head coach. Whatever they're doing during the week is not good enough, whether that's the way that they're scheming up the other team, the way they're going about their business just to have these guys ready. And this predates, by the way, the, the gauntlet before they were just playing all these great teams. This goes mm -hmm. in some cases all the way back to week one. So something's wrong fundamentally with the teaching and preparation for this team, period. And that's Nick. Nick wears that. He has to wear that. And I don't know if his voice has grown stale or the game plan has gone cold. Um, I don't know if the players aren't necessarily. I don't know if the players are necessarily um, falling in line with the game plan. And look, um, can you put that comment back up? Yeah, that was um, from Coach Marcus. So he he's right. he's laying it on the players. Shout out to uh, Coach Marcus. Um, he says, I had to fall back a bit on the coach bashing. I have criticism for sure, but coaches don't fumble or miss tackles. Um, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, I will admit that fumbling the ball in the red zone um, is a no-no. Um, missing tackles, obviously, is a no-no. Um, but I also look at it like this, right? We're not just talking about 
the past couple games. We're talking about a full season of, in my opinion, malpractice from a game planning perspective. I haven't looked at this game. I, I haven't looked at the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, I really lean on guys like Coach Marcus for their perspective because they played. he's played the game before and things like that. So the last thing I want to do is diminish a guy's pedigree and uh, his experience and his knowledge of the game. Um, just from my perspective, um, I see a team that's not buying into what they're doing anymore. That's what I see. I see a team that isn't buying in or um, who doesn't believe in the game plan anymore. Their body language says everything about it. There's no there's no pop in their movement anymore. Um, they don't seem excited or they don't seem ready to get things going. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time just putting it all on the players and putting the most on the players. And look again, missing tackles, unacceptable. Fumbling the ball, unacceptable. Well, I'll ask this question. M. Reyes says, these are mistakes we make now, not the playoffs. Why would he believe that? Because it's been going on all year. The turnovers have been happening when, all year. The lack so of takeaways have been happening all year. Right. This stuff's been going on now for 13 games from this team. And then all of a sudden when the playoffs happen, they're going to flip a switch like that and everything's like, going to be fine. Like, like you sorry, think date, I don't buy you, it. You think a date on the calendar is going to change someone's habits? Yeah, I don't you know buy what it. I mean? It's like it's like assuming it's it's like assuming that uh on New Year's Day all your resolutions are automatically going to just come to fruition because of the date on the calendar. Yeah. Okay, you know I'm going to I'm going to get to the gym and I'm going to read more and I'm going to you know start this business and I'm going to finally follow my goal and my dreams and stick to the and stick to these habits. You have to put the work in. You have to establish a habit or establish a trend that you can that can be used as a foundation. This Philadelphia Eagles team, their foundation has been turning the ball over. Simple as that. Losing the turnover battle, slow starts, not being consistent in the red zone. So when you couple all these things, all these things together, it's a recipe for disaster. No matter what date of the calendar it is, no matter if it's the preseason, regular season, or the postseason, those kind of things follow you. And if they end up being a wild card team, what's the difference between week eighteen and wild card week one? It's a week apart. They yeah, are who they are. Well, here's the thing, and it's not just a couple of bad games. They played terribly the last two weeks against the teams that you're going to have to go through. Uh, like, look, I get it. Some people just don't want to hear. It I don't like they this. Just, they just. I don't like this. this. This is. The, I don't like yeah. this. 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 This is a bad place to be. Well, it's um, not just a couple and... of games, though. Like, like the two teams you're mo more than likely going to have to get through, at least in one form or another, to get to the Super Bowl are the Cowboys and the 49ers. Okay, and they took you to the woodshed. A couple of and, see, <laughs> and and then it wasn't just a couple of bad games. There were bad habits for a long stretch of time that you over like like when you lose the turnover battle the way that they have the entire season, it's it's pretty miraculous that your record is what it is. What's that okay. scorecard again over the past two games, Rob? Seventy five what? Seventy five to thirty uh, two. Does that sound like just a couple of bad games to you? Yeah, seventy five. 32 over the past two games, not yeah. just against any opponent. You see, if they were the loss to the Chiefs or the Bills, I would be like, all right, a couple bad games. But then they beat the Cowboys and the Niners. I'm like, okay, all right, back on track, right? But here's the thing. As much as beating the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the Bills is exciting, I care more about beating the Niners. I care more about beating the Cowboys. You want to know why, Rob? Because those are the teams that the Eagles are going to end up facing in the playoffs. They exactly. are the measuring stick. So I'm sorry. Eagles fans who want to pretend like this is just a bad stretch. And look, 
things uh, the bottom line is things could possibly change it's all probable it's all probable it's all possible actually i put it this way it's all possible but is it probable i don't know because at the end of the day when you've established this string of bad habits this deeper to the season how much can you change in your game planning in your script um how much can you change in your fundamentals and your technique how much can you really change? So these aren't just a string of bad games, right? They got destroyed by two key contenders in their conference in back-to-back weeks. Now, could they finish the season 14 and 3? They probably damn well could. Can they win? You know, can they still win the division in the conference? It's possible. But I don't know if San Fran loses at any point. And I think the Cowboys are going to drop at least one or two in the next five games well, or so. But but here, so, here here's here's the other just, fundamental. I, I don't like the mentality that's going I don't on need, right now. I, like it, I don't get it's, this. It's, it's, it gives me a, it's disgusting, honestly. It's I, honestly I, disgusting. I have. I'll just go back to what I said before. I've never been the type of fan that just says everything is fine. It's the Eagles. It's all going to work, and not look at it logically. I, I've never, ever, ever done that. By the way, and it'd be a pretty fucking boring show if we just came on and said, you know what? They're, they're going to be all right. I mean, it's going to be fine. There's nothing to talk about. Hey, it's wash your hands. It's the Eagles. This is what they do. Woo! Nah, that, hell no. Awesome talk show. I believe in holding people accountable, Rob. And the other thing is, I don't know about you, Tone, but, and I get it. I, I, I remember you telling me how your, your dad shoots your text during the games. My dad was the same way. My buddies are all the same way. None of them, and I mean none of them, after two straight games like this, were saying, it's the Eagles. Who cares? Everything's going to be fine. My dad is worried. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. None of my friends or my people ever do that kind of stuff, so I will never do that kind of stuff. Yo, my dad is legitimately worried because it's not just they lost. How did they look? How did they look to you? Right. They looked like a team that was tapped out. Yes. They look like a team. Now, talk about fatigue or the hell you want. The bottom line is they have no fight in them right now. And if if they should have showed up again, see, you see all that grit and grind that we saw against the Bills and the Chiefs, they should have, we needed that against the Niners and the damn Cowboys. Yeah. And again, I'm not expecting them to win every game, but I thought they would show up in Dallas. 75 and they to 32. Didn't show up in Dallas. 75 to 32 over the past two weeks, Rob. So that's to pro- like, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't want to really dig into the issues. And I, I, I hope and I know that they're trying to correct things down at the Novacare complex. I have no doubt about that. But the mm-hmm. problem is, I don't know how much I, 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 like I said yesterday, I think you can fix the offense. I don't see. I think it could be much better. I don't know right, what, right. I don't know what you're going to do with that defense. Really Listen, don't. Rob, here, here's the thing, right? Everything that we're talking about. You see, people come in these live chats sometimes, and I don't know, maybe I'm being mean these past couple of days. I don't even care at this point. People come in these live chats, right? And they pretend like they're not saying what we're saying in front of their own television when the game is on. I know. I'm willing, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet all these people in this live chat, when they're watching these games and when they're at home in front of their TVs, they're saying everything that we're saying. But yeah. because they're in this live chat and they're in public and they want to be optimistic or whatever, and we're saying it, it hurts them more because we're saying it, yeah. Or you know, because because they they feel like okay, they they're trying to they're trying to talk them after they've experienced the pain. They're trying to talk themselves out of seeing what they saw. No, right. when someone shows you who they are, believe them, yeah. believe them. So yeah. I know, I know first and foremost because I, I was one of those I was one of those people. 
I'll, I'll watch the game and I'll scream everything. You know, get your fat ass up. What are you doing? All that kind of stuff. And then I'll get, I'll go and get into a live chat and I'll try to, you know, be a little bit more uh, judicial about it. You know, a little bit more um, uh, lean about it. The reality is everything that we're saying right now to each other, Rob, all these people in this live chat are set in front of their televisions. All these, they've had conversations with their family members about and, it. And I but they don't what? want to admit it here, though. Well, and I also get like people want to be contrarians. They want to be trolls. They want to take shots. I, I understand. Like that, 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 that is what it is. But to think that in Philadelphia, we're going to come on after two straight games like that and not pick it apart and be critical of it. Um, I don't think either one of us have said this season's over, they're done, et cetera. But in the games that they have left, the four games they have left, there's got to be some major changes here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to get a lot better than they've been. And it's not – if you think it's just about the level of competition, I disagree. These trends, all the trends that I just read you have been going on for seven weeks, eight weeks, some of them, not all of them. You want to know the difference, on. though? You want to know the difference? I'm glad you said that. The trends have been going yeah. on for several weeks. But you want to know the difference between then and now? They found a way to skate with those wins, and we ignored it. Yeah. We we, we ignored it because they were winning. And yeah. winning is a hell of a deodorant. Yep. Right? You know, can you imagine being in, being in a relationship and – you know, all the all the all the signs are there, all the writings are all the writings on the wall that this thing is not going well. You know, and and the person is telling you this is not going well, but you keep saying to yourself, nah, we'll be okay. Yeah, we'll be all right. And yep. then all of a sudden you get a shocking letter in the mail about someone filing for divorce. Yeah. It's like, well, 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 I, I well, where did this come from? I've been telling you. Yeah, I've been you've been seeing it. I stopped coming home at night. We're sleeping in separate rooms. Mm-hmm. I don't answer your phone calls. You can't find me when you need me. Like when someone shows you who they are, believe them. The Philadelphia Eagles are not showing up. They're not coming home at night. They're not calling anymore. Yeah. So we need to find out what's going on here. Can you think like when was the last time we said or when was the last time you saw or we saw the Philadelphia Eagles in back-to-back weeks not only not show up, but only but also get beat the way they did exactly right i mean that's the pro that i it hasn't happened since the very early portion of 2021 which was sirianni and jalen's first year as a starter that's a long time ago that they that they've gone um and played that poorly and i i think you know if you're watching it unfold there was a lot of th- reasons why especially let's just take the dallas game they turned it over three times which has been a problem all year if that wasn't just a one-off by the way with the turnovers it's been a problem mm-hmm. for them all year um, they, the defense can't get off the field on, on third down. That's been a problem all year. The defense in the red zone is terrible. That's been a problem all year. Uh, it, now, if you want to go to the other side of the ball and say the, you know, not scoring a touchdown. Yeah, of course that, that we didn't see. So that's why I think there is hope for the offensive side of the ball. I just don't know how much hope there is for the defensive side of the ball, but this is also where if you believe in, in your coaches and your coaching staff and these players who have a lot of heart uh and, and a lot of fortitude you believe that they they could figure something out that's that part of it to me is fair i think the other stuff where you don't want to hear anything bad about your team frankly is soft that's yes. a soft way to go man and that's not the philadelphia i know so um it's it it befuddles me but overall here's the thing right mm-hmm. i respect the take like you said i, re- I respect the take when someone says look Things are not going well right now. They had to figure it out, man. You know, uh, you know, do I do I believe they can figure it out? I do, but things are looking good right now. I can respect that. Yeah. 
I can respect that because you're trying to be optimistic, but you're also being realistic. You're 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 acknowledging what you're seeing, but you're hopeful that things will change. Now, is hope a great strategy? Not really, but you're a fan, so I only yeah. expect you to be hopeful. Exactly. But when you deny what you're seeing, you know, when you just chalk it up to uh, just a bad, it's a bad couple of weeks. No, this is the thick of the season where you need to find out where your team is, find out who they are, find out how they stack up against the competition when it matters most. And so far, this is not this this is this is not the team I recognize from, you know, earlier in the season or even 2022, right? Now look, different different personnel. A 2022 team is different than a 2023 team. Each tier, each team year to year, no matter what, no, no matter what organization, it's a different roster. It's always going to be different because of turnover and contracts and um, injury, whatever it may be. So. Um, we, I think, I think we have to come to the conclusion that we can't keep comparing this team to the 2022 team. The 2022 team was loaded. They were better. They were more healthy. Um, and the, and, and they also had two years of, of coordinators, um, that allowed them to really learn and, and, and really, you know, come into shape. It's almost like, it's almost like we took two steps forward and took a step back, you yeah. know, from, you know, from Sirianni year two to year three year one we do we saw what we saw nine and eight okay step forward you make it to the playoffs then 2022 you make it to the super bowl okay to another step forward so there's two steps right there this this year 2023 they look they, they look awful at 10 and three they look awful so now i see a step back here two steps forward one step back now can they write the ship going into the playoffs i don't know mm-hmm. that's where i'm at i'm not even going to say i hope so i don't know that's why these last four games are really interesting on a lot of fronts. One, you play a Seattle team that you haven't won there since 08, but they're bad right now. I mean, they're, they've lost four straight. So, and the Eagles are, are are favored. So, I don't care about the 08 thing. You should win there uh, in Seattle. The other part is Tone. We're chalking up the Giants and the and the, and the two Giant games and the Cardinal mm-hmm. game as just automatics. You know what? Giants aren't laying down. They Whatever beat the they are, last night. They beat the Packers last night, and all of a sudden, you know, they got a little mojo. Um, so the the notion that this is just going to be a run through, not only do they are they not laying down, they want nothing more than to be spoilers to the Eagles and stick it to the Eagles. So those games aren't going to be as easy as everybody thinks, too. So again, just things have to get cor- corrected here. Uh, real quick, or else it is going to be trouble. Let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Dave Zingaro is going to join us from NBC Sports Philadelphia. We'll talk to Dave about all of this stuff. Um, and you know, certainly facing adversity, and that's one of the things that Dave wrote about today. So we'll get into all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis with you on this Tuesday. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, want to talk to you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown, and I am thrilled that they are a part of the channel, that they are a part of our show. Uh, they are family owned since 1985. You got Alex and his great crew there seven days a week, all kinds of unbelievable fresh food, uh, on the daily here. Uh, they have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the upside down, which is my favorite, but they have specialized pizza your way. And if you're not up for pizza, they have pasta, they have sandwiches, they have wraps, they have wings, they have salads. Bravo pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 610-446-3810. That's how you reach them. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. 
I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Grossinger is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging with you on this Tuesday. We are Sports Take. We appreciate it. Always uh, great to have our next guest on, and you can check him out. Uh, of course, NBC Sports Philadelphia, uh, and also on uh, on X at, slash Twitter at D Zangaro NBCS. That's Dave Zangaro. Dave, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? 
I'm doing well. How are you guys? Dave, I'm good. I, I liked your piece today about adversity, um, you know, because we really, you make a good point. You, you know, you think about it. They haven't really lost two in a row with Jalen playing and Nick coaching since the early portion of 21 when you know, they were a completely different team. They were the, the, in the infancy stages of what they were, you know, going to become. And not only did they lose two in a row, they got smacked down in both of those two games. We are going to find a lot out about how how they respond uh, this upcoming week. But give us a little gist of, of you know, what uh, what you wrote about. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's You look at the Nick Sirianni era here, and last year, there wasn't really much adversity at all. You know, Jalen missed a couple of games with that shoulder injury, and there was a little hand-wringing about, like, how healthy he would be in the playoffs. But they, they don't lose. Like, they haven't lost like this really since 21, and it goes back to when they were 2-5 and five, and uh, really the Roots speech and um, Nick kind of rallying the troops. Uh, but in a way, like this is almost m more adversity, which sounds weird because they're 10 and three and they're still in the driver's seat to win the NFC East. But, you know, there's a lot more pressure there. The standard is higher at this point. And we all just watched what happened. I mean, they not only did they lose these two games in the fashion, they lost them, but all year, like we've talked about, can the Eagles get back to the Super Bowl? Can they win it with this team? And the two teams that just beat them down are in their way to get back there. So I, I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in right now. And I'm really curious to see how this team deals with it because this team ha has not really had to deal with adversity like this so far. Hey, Dave, um, thanks for coming on to the show, man. Um, you brought up a good point, right? Uh, the fact of the matter is um, we had this team potentially going back to the Super Bowl and the two teams that were likely be in their way um happened to be the two teams that just laid it in them you know over the past couple weeks and um i'm curious to know uh do you think it's an overreaction um uh, for people to be um really concerned with this team again the two teams that they're going to have to go through to potentially get back to the super bowl are the cowboys and the niners and they really they really put it down on them so i'm someone who i am i am concerned about the philadelphia Eagles team but you know, t t tell me, is that an overreaction or am I properly reacting to what I saw? Yeah, it's tough for me to say if it's like an overreaction, because I think there are some overreactions out there. I mean, like Nick Sirianni is not a bad football coach and Jalen Hurts is not a bad quarterback. Like, I, I think and they're not going to fire the coordinators at 10 and three. Right. But with all that said, like, yeah, there's a legitimate concern because. Uh, you want to be playing your best football this time of year, and and the Eagles are not. Uh, they're coming off two really bad losses that they they really weren't competitive in. And I, I think the even bigger reason for concern is that the things that popped up in these losses weren't that surprising, right? Like we've watched this team this year, and um, we've talked about like, yeah, they find ways to win, and that's great. Like you'd rather win those games than lose them, but the issues that plagued them in the losses the last two weeks have been issues for a lot of the season. It's just that they were winning games despite them. So uh, yeah, I, I think there is legitimate reason to be concerned about this team. And, and it's not to say they don't have a shot to turn this thing around. I think they do. I, I think they do have talent. I, I do trust Jalen Hurts. I, I think they have the talent, especially offensively to fix this. Uh, I think schematically they can help them on offense and defensively. I, I think, 
we've kind of seen this might not be the most talented group, uh, which is why in a way like the offense to me was the bigger issue in that last game, because they're probably going to need to win some shootouts here when they play good teams, uh, especially in the playoffs. And they, they weren't good enough on that side of the ball. Uh, we'll see. I, I, yeah, legitimate reasons for concern though. Dave, let me ask you, your cohort, Ruben Frank, wrote about the slow starts, and, and we've, we've all been talking about it, but he really laid it out you know, numerically and, and statistically and everything that's going on. Um, it's pretty damning. You know, when your team comes out of the shoot like that, and I, and I hear you, Nick Sirianni's done an incredible job in, in, as, in his short stint as an Eagles coach, but that's a bad reflection of him um, You know, and his coaching staff, frankly. Uh, I'm not absolving the players. I'll get into them in a second, but that to, for the numbers to be that extreme, is, is pretty damning. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, it's funny because these slow starts are not new. And Brian Johnson has gotten so much criticism this year. Some of it warranted, warranted and some not. But, you know, it's, it's Nick's offense. He has the biggest hand in devising the game plan going into each week. I don't know. Like they, they in a lot of these games, they've adjusted pretty well. Mm -hmm. And Brian Johnson has found the right button to push uh, once they figure out what the defense is trying to do to them. So, yeah, I like I Nick Sirianni sometimes like does kind of skate by a little bit, you know, like uh, it, this is not Brian Johnson's offense. So, yes, he deserves criticism. He's calling the plays and uh He's not Shane Steichen, who I thought really did a phenomenal job last year and parlayed it into a head coaching job. That's a really – those are big shoes to fill. But, yeah, I mean, Nick is responsible for everything on that side of the football. Uh, it's not like Brian Johnson is calling plays in a vacuum. This is Nick's offense. And uh, for some reason, it seems like he – like at least through a lot of this year, he kind of wasn't being criticized enough, I think, for the offensive struggles because – it, it is on him like it, it the, all the game planning, which is what we've heard since the time they hired him. Like that's what he's known for is during the week, devising the game plan, figuring out the matchups and how to exploit them. Uh, they haven't been good enough in those areas. Yeah, you're right, Dave. Um, I don't think Nick has gotten the brunt of criticism, at least earlier on. Right. And um, one thing I felt like that's been that's been under fire as of late. Is um, Jalen Hurts' performance, especially when it comes to the turn, with, especially when it comes to the turnovers, and just how he's been utilized in the 2023 season in comparison to the 2022 season. Now, obviously, he's battled different injuries: the shoulder injury in 22, the knee in 23. I think the knee is trending in the better direction now. But I'm curious to know what's been your evaluation of Jalen Hurts' utilization this year versus last year, and in correlation with the game planning and play calling. Yeah, I think the the biggest difference is that he hasn't really been as big of a threat running the football. And you could explain that away when the injury was really bad. Like, think about the first time the Eagles played the Cowboys, right? Like, he's he's limping back to the huddle on just about every play. Uh, I, I think he's much healthier now than he was then, but he's still not, like, a major part of the run game. And there are times where, like, you think he's about to break off a run and he wisely slides and you go, okay, well, that's good. You want to preserve yourself, but it, it, it almost feels like the play calling hasn't caught up to the self-preservation aspect of Jalen Hurts where like hmm. uh, he's, he's still a threat to run the ball, but he hasn't been 
consistently as big a part of the run game, which is part of what made the run game so good the last couple of years, really, uh, was having kind of the numbers advantage in the run game because the quarterback was such a threat. I, I think they're missing that right now. And I don't want to like say they should just go, this should be 2021 and like run him crazy because he, he invested in this guy and he, he can make plays from the pocket now uh, that he couldn't make a couple years ago. So uh, it's a tricky thing. I, I think that's the biggest difference last year to this year though, is the way they're using him or not using him, I should say in the run game. Uh, aside from that, like the offense is pretty similar. Uh, it still has its flaws um they're trusting their guys to win and when they win the offense looks good and when they don't win it looks stagnant and and it looks like uh they're kind of playing in mud a little bit but Mm. ken dave when you're playing and i know they look they beat san fran and they beat uh, excuse me kansas city they beat miami dallas the first time it's not like they haven't beaten good teams they have but when you're playing teams that i think are really hitting their stride right now like san fran and dallas arguably maybe the two best teams in the nfl frankly um, can it just be as simple as, Hey, your guys have to win or do they have to do things? I guess what I'm asking you is to dress it up a little bit more offensively, uh, because maybe teams have adjusted a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a, a really important aspect of all of this right now is like schematically, are they doing enough to help their players? Um, but I, I think their argument to that would be, well, look at our wins. Like for the most part, it has worked. Like you, you trust AJ Brown and Devonte Smith to win uh, bad timing for them both to have bad games uh, against the Cowboys and the numbers didn't look bad, you know, but when you know, watching yards. it, it wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't great. They dropped a couple passes. They obviously both fumbled. Hmm. Um, but you know what I am kind of, this is off topic. I apologize, but uh, I'm kind of pleased that no one's just saying they lost that game because of turnovers, because that would have been really easy. Like you look at the box score at the end of the game, Oh, they turned the ball over three times. But if you watch that game, like that was not the reason they no. lost it. It was mm-hmm. out of hand by by the the time a couple of those turnovers mm-hmm. happened. So I've been pleased with that discourse. Uh, but getting back to your point, like yeah, I think schematically there are ways the Eagles can change things up. Uh, curious to see what happens because you don't want to just like abandon everything that made you a good team, right? But um, you certainly have the time to change things. You have. You know, against that Cowboys defense, like two aggressive defenses you just played, where's the screen game? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you have the players to be able to do it. And at times, it like for whatever reason, and I've kind of been confounded by this during the Nick Sirianni era is like their screen game hasn't been great. It should be. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. Um, they have great yard after catch players with like A.J. Brown and, uh, Dallas Goddard, Devontae, or Devontae Swift, look at me, uh, <laughs> DeAndre Swift. They have these guys who should be good after the catch. They have an athletic offensive line that should be able to get out in front and block. But the timing on those plays has just been off. Uh, I think that could be a weapon for this team. And then, um, yeah, I, I think schematically, and we've talked about motion or lack of motion so much. Um, the Eagles are dead last in the league. They just don't use a lot of it. They started to a little bit in that last game. I, I think it would be effective. Uh, and and I know Nick Sirianni's thing is that you don't do it just to do it, but there are reasons other teams do it, right? right. Uh, sometimes it does help. And uh, yeah, he, he always says like you don't want to be dead last in anything. Well, they're 
dead last in that. And mm-hmm. it, it might be a good time to try to figure out if they can incorporate it and how much it can help. Um, but we are in week 15, so I, I wouldn't expect to see wholesale changes. Dave, you know, when, when someone says this offense hasn't evolved from 2022 to 2023, um, how much of that do you buy into? Because, you know, just when I look at it, right, I see a team who they pass to try to set up the run. And if certain things are working, they try to throw a deep shot to A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith to kind of bail them out and pray he come, pray one of them comes down with it. But, again, when someone says um, this offense hasn't evolved from 2022 to 2023, what do you say to that? I'd say they're probably right. Um, but, like, I think there's some reason for that. Like, I think you have to be willing to adapt. You have to be willing to change. But, uh, like, they have been successful. I don't want to make it seem like they haven't been successful. They have been. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of it is trusting their players to make plays. And it's not like a terrible idea when you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Like, they go into every game feeling like they have the advantage with their receivers against the opposition's cornerbacks. And, like, most weeks they're right. Like, they really are. And and you trust the top three guys to make plays in the pass game. And that that's – A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Now, I think there is a problem when those are the only three guys Jalen Hurts targets in an entire football game. Uh, I don't love that, you know, and that's what happened against the Cowboys. Alameda Zacchaeus had that one catch, and it was from the punter. I, you know, I, I think that's that's taking it to an extreme, and I, I think they've kind of been searching for another guy to, to be a factor in the past game. They just haven't had it whether it's Quez or Julio or, or OZ, even DeAndre Swift, like, or any of the other tight ends, like none of those guys have really, uh, Kenny Gainwell, like none of them have really stepped up and, and become a viable option. And I think that's a little bit of a problem, but I, I also think it's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy too, when your whole offense is geared around three players and you're not really trying to scheme the other guys open, uh, you become a little predictable. And I think that's kind of where they are right now. Rob, if I can quickly follow up, I'm yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, um, you, you mentioned it a couple of times throughout the interview, um, Dave. Uh, these coaches are leaning on or trusting their players to make the play, right? And not saying this is what you're saying, but to me, just based off of you know hearing that and seeing it play out in, in, in real time, it seems almost, may I say, lazy to an extent. I mean, you're you're calling plays and you're kind of expecting your players to just – make the most out of what you're telling them to do. But at times it seems like these coaches, and again, maybe I'm being a little too blunt about this. It seems like they've kind of been riding the coattails of this talent instead of doing the best they can to maximize the talent and put them in these unique and creative situations. I, I watched that 49ers game. We all have. And one play that stood out to me, um, George Kittle comes across the line of scrimmage. He chips Hassan Reddick. He leaks out to the right, catches it for like a 20 plus yard gain. I mean, I see the creativity that Kyle Shanahan, has in getting his guys, his most talented guys open. And, and sometimes it, they have like five, 10 yards between them and the next defender. So um, I understand what you mean by they're expecting the players uh, or the coaches trusting the players. But do these, by your estimation, do these players trust the coaches to put them in the best possible position to eat? Yeah, it's fair. Uh, I wouldn't use the word lazy just because I, I, I think like they're working hard. Maybe they're not doing the right thing. Maybe that's not the right word. You're right. Lays at the right, yeah. right word. Maybe a little bit. Simple. Yeah, it seems a bit complacent. It's a simple like that. offense. It's been yeah. a simple offense since they've been here. Um, 
again, like for the most part, the results have been pretty good. But I, I don't disagree with your assessment that like there are things schematically you can do to make this a little easier, find Jalen Hurts some easier throws. Like, his, I mean, Jalen has to be perfect sometimes to get the ball. And some of that's Jalen, too. Like, he likes – he has a flair for for throwing the deep ball. He likes to do it. But sometimes it's like, man, get this guy an easy throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, get somebody wide open. And I think that they can do that. I'm curious to see where it goes, though, because, like, it's week 15, and – I don't think you're going to see like a ton of changes. I just, I don't think you're going to see that. Um, But there's plenty of time. Like I also hear people say like, you can't change this late in the season. Well, that's not true. I mean, we've seen teams cater to completely different quarterbacks late in the season. We saw it here in 17, right? Like you have time to change. You you can certainly do different things. Um, I think the fear is that you get away from what has worked for you at times. And I don't know how you balance that. Like, I think there are ways schematically you can change things to help you, but I think there's some validity to the idea of like, yeah, AJ Brown's probably going to win a lot and you should get in the football a lot. Uh, So I think it's like trying to find that balance as best you can. Uh, I don't know. I it's, it's a big task for, for the offensive coaches. And I am curious to see how it looks. Well, let's talk about the defense, Dave. We referenced it earlier in, in the interview with you. Um, you know, it's historically bad on a lot of levels. It's really, really bad here uh, across the board, other than maybe sacks, which is, you know, kind of middling. I mean, they're, I think they're 12th going into last night, whatever. Um, I'm with you. Like, this is going to take the offense being really good because I don't know how much this is going to get better. I don't know that they just don't have the talent on that side of the ball. Yeah. I, I, honestly, like, the pass rush to me is a problem. Because they, they shouldn't be 12. They should, yeah. they should, be, should be a lot top higher. five with all the resources they put into that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this whole thing is built on those guys. And I know they're tired. They've, they've played a ton of snaps. They played 95 two weeks ago. They played 82 in this past game on defense. Uh, some of that's on them, too. Like, you got to get off the football field on third down. Uh, I think at times the pass rush has shown up, especially like in, in some of those wins, like big moments late in games, which is great. But – uh, I don't know. I, I didn't think they were very good against the Cowboys. I didn't think they were very good against the 49ers talking about it from like a consistency standpoint. I think they need to be better. Like th- this whole thing falls apart if they're not better, because I don't know if they have the talent on the back seven to to really make it work. Um, you know, I, I think it in the secondary, you're seeing age, <laughs> you know, it's they have an old secondary and we were worried about this, right? Like four of the five starters are over 30. <laughs> so uh, that's a problem. I think they're just lacking team speed on the back. And I'm really seeing it with Bradbury, not to really single him out, but like, yeah, I don't think he's having a good year. I think Slay has been fine, honestly, like not great, but I, I when I watch that secondary, I don't think man, Darius Slay is the problem. I think there are other problems. Yeah, I think he's been fine. He It's Bradbury's exposing everybody in a big way. I agree. And you know, Kevin Byard hasn't been great. No, he hasn't. You were expecting him to come in here and, and play at a high level. Uh, and and I, I get that he's like learning this defense and they're trying to figure it out on the fly. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I think they don't have the talent back there if the front doesn't eat and if the front doesn't get after it and they don't really change games, I think we're going to see a lot of this and it, it's troubling. And honestly, I don't think Desai's done a very good job recently. I was encouraged mm-hmm. by what I saw from Sean Desai earlier in the year. It was hard not to be right. Like mm-hmm. what they see, what they did to Miami, you see what they did in the second half against the chiefs. But 
the last couple of weeks, man, it, it's brutal. It, it's as bad as bad as it can get. You know, it's, it's interesting, right? You, you mentioned how they're relying so heavily on this defensive line to win week in and week out. And that can become daunting over the stretch of an 18-week season. And I'm curious to know how much blame should be placed at the feet of Harry Roseman for relatively making miscalculations at linebacker. And um, I don't know, some, some would argue he made some miscalculations at corner as well. Um, now, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, But when you see a guy like T.J. Edwards going to Chicago for only $6.5 million a year, you see Marcus Epps going to the Raiders for what he went there for, um, Kaiser White, so on and so forth. It kind of begs the question, um, did Harvey Roseman play, uh, overplay his hand? So I'm curious to know how much blame, if any, should Harvey Roseman get um, for the way this defense um, looks from a from a personnel perspective? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair question. Um, ultimately, like, I believe in their philosophy in the trenches, but they went so thin at linebacker, they put all their eggs in the N'Kobe Dean basket. Uh, he didn't look good even – without the injury, but like, maybe we don't know, like, you know, maybe if he doesn't get hurt in week one, maybe it's a different story. I, it's tough to tell. Uh, and then, you know, you, you lose both linebackers and both safeties and what did they do to address it? They brought in Zach Cunningham in August. They brought in Nick Morrow in March. Who they cut then brought back. Yeah. Right. They, they drafted Sidney Brown in the third round. And then the coaching staff was very reluctant to play him when they really needed safeties and they brought in uh Terrell Edmonds who isn't even here anymore so uh yeah I, they went bargain bin on all that and some of that was a little bit out of necessity they didn't have a ton of money to play with but yeah it, it's probably not good enough like I think and and, and you know like the the Slay and, and Bradbury you get it like that's the going rate for corners but also I mean you're paying two guys over 30 we know what the, the the numbers say about this league and, and when you're over 30 playing in a secondary. It's funny. The guy I think they kind of have missed the most is C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and I know he got hurt mm-hmm. in Detroit, but just some, some playmaking, some speed on the back end would really help this team right now. And I, Even though they brought in Byer, like he doesn't provide that. Um, Roby's over 32. like He's not really providing that. I think they need, like, as you're looking forward beyond this year, I think you need an infusion of youth in that secondary for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So they have a Seattle team. It's interesting, Dave. They they haven't won there since 08, but Seattle's a mess right now themselves. They've lost four straight. Geno Smith's hurt. They have other – it looks like Witherspoon's going to play, but they're kind of banged up too. Um, it, it's hard to get a real feel for what to expect here, um, you know, from an Eagles perspective. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, uh, the quarterback injury is, I'm assuming Gino will be back, which changes it a little bit. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Seattle's a weird team to figure out. Uh, I don't think they're a great team. Like, even when they were winning a bunch, like, I just, I don't, I don't really see it with them, but the Eagles aren't a great team right now either. I mean, they're coming off two butt kicking. So it's a really big, important game. And if you look beyond that, I know everyone was just saying three wins at the end of the season. Hey, the Giants are are playing now. I don't think they're a good team, but like they believe in themselves, which makes that a lot scarier. There are no guarantees. This is a team talking about the Eagles. They lost to the Jets, so like nothing is off the table here. Uh, I I think they're in a decent position. If I were to tell you, you know, beginning of the year, the Eagles are ten and three. 
if they beat the Seahawks, the Giants twice, and the Cardinals, they'll win the NFC East and have a pretty good shot to get the number one seed. You go, okay, I'll take that. But it's just like right now that's hard to see because it, it, it hasn't looked good the last two weeks. I mean, you do bring up a good point, Dave. Look, the fact of the matter is we knew this six-game stretch, if you include that Dallas game prior to the bye, um, we knew this six-game stretch was going to be very difficult. And so far through this stretch, they're, what, three and two? Mm-hmm. And if they beat Seattle, they'd be four and two. So in, re- in totality, in the grand scheme of things, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, right? But again, when you think about who they lost to and the manner they lost, it, 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 it gives a lot of people cause to pause, right? And they haven't gotten any help. The 49ers aren't losing. The Cowboys aren't losing. So, yes, like if they go four and two in that stretch, pretty good. Problem is that you lost ground despite right. that because of how hot the other teams are. It's almost like you would rather him lost to the Chiefs and the Bills than the Niners and the Cowboys. No question. If if they had lost to the Chiefs and the Bills and then they won these last two games, the entire mood around the team is very different. Mm. No, totally. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, though, Dave, I don't think this is just recency bias, which we're all guilty of sometimes. It's the teams that they lost to or the teams that you're going to have to get past, likely, barring upsets, to get to the Super Bowl. So I, I think it's a just, I don't know, reality check, whatever you want to call it, where I think it's fair to be like, damn, you know, these are the these are the bar teams. And not only did you lose, you got killed by both the bar teams. Yeah, they're measuring sticks. And like mm-hmm. right now, the Eagles are not in the same stratosphere as those two teams, but that can change. I mean, like I, I think that legitimately can change. Uh, I understand if you're an Eagles fan, you're saying, well, I don't have much faith in it. Yeah, I get that. It was ugly. Um, but I do think this is a talented team. Uh, now, we're in week 15. I know every like, even during those losses or the, those wins early in the season, everyone's waiting. Like, when are they going to play their perfect game? They're not. I mean, that doesn't exist. <laughs> Forget that. Um, but I, I still think they have the talent to make a little run here. And, and if they get the one or two seed, they're still set up yeah. in an okay position. And the two seed may actually be a little bit of a better, easier road, Dave. Weirdly. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, you need you need things to happen. Like Detroit has to take care of their business, but it could be a little bit easier. I, I, look, for me, I'm always striving to get the one because I want the week off. And this team looks yeah. tired to me uh, in a yeah. lot of ways. And you may have to play out these last three, four games where you initially didn't think you'd have to. So I think I think getting one is is going to be hard because I don't know that the Niners lose. But I think it's really, really critical. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you can get that week off, it, it's yeah, it gives you a really big boost. We saw it last year. We saw it in seventeen. Uh, get the rest if you can get it. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you put a lot of pressure on this offense to have to carry this defense. Now, I mean, their their inability to get off the field on third down, it's alarming, and that doesn't translate well into the playoffs. So this offense is going to have. Uh, tough duty uh, to carry this entire team. And my fear is we're going to start to see some sort of um, uh, frustration, kind of like what, what, we're, what we're seeing with the Jets. The defense is frustrated with the offense. The offense could become frustrated with this defense. They could. The good thing is they both stink right now. So, like, <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about it. Now, I was joking, like, Braden Mann, the punter, is going to walk in the locker room and be like, Looking at Jalen Hurts and Fletcher uh, Cox and all these he great gets the players. offensive player of the week. Yeah, right? why don't you guys pick it up? I'm throwing passes. Oh, I'm that was the a ball. nice throw, too, by the that way. That was a dime, too, wasn't it? Well, it yeah. was a dime, right? <laughs> I'll tell you. Who, who thought Michael Clay was the best coordinator? And it's not even close. It's like a complete right? reverse of last season. 
It's incredible. Yeah, um, I'll take uh, it. Uh, uh, Dave, last one for me. Um, I don't, but but I'm curious where you where you stand. Do you expect any kind of dramatic changes? I mean, I don't know what that even means. I mean, some people are floating the notion that you know, play calling, Nick takes it over, something like that. Do you see anything dramatic happening, or are they going to stay the course here and just try and work from within and get better? Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. It's tough because I don't know what dramatic means, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think anything drastic. Like, I guess would be the better. The yeah, better I, I don't point. think crazy. Like, uh, I think they're gonna trust what got them here. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be foolish if they don't tweak stuff because what they're doing isn't working. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think you have to tweak it. I think on offense, not really on both sides of the football, there are things schematically they can do different uh, to try to help these players out a little bit. Um, you're not gonna see some sudden influx of talent come in on either side of the football, you know, like I think the players they have are the players they have, and they got to try to get the most out of them. So uh, I could see some, some minor changes, uh, but I, I look, I think it's foolish to expect to see a completely different team schematically in week 15. I don't think that's going to happen. All right, Dave, we appreciate it. Keep up the good work, man. Uh, check you out. NBC sports, Philadelphia.com. Also uh, excellent podcast that you do. Uh, with our buddy Ruben Frank as well. You do an excellent job on that. You get a chance to check that out. It's called Eagle Eye, but you can follow Dave on Twitter slash X at DZangaro NBCS, and you can connect all his stories there. Dave, we appreciate a couple minutes, man. Thank you. DZ, thank you, sir. Take care, guys. Thanks, Dave. Talk to you soon. All right, we'll, uh, we'll get a quickie in here, Tone. We'll react to some of the things that Dave had to say. I want to dig into the defense a little bit more here. We, we've touched on the offense and, and some of the slow starts, but the defense – and, uh, you know, some things that I think maybe they can do here to tweak to maybe just get a little bit more output here because it hasn't been good the last couple of weeks. We know that. All right, we're going to quick EM, come back. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Stake, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a scary proposition, and I'm right there in the front of the line. Uh, but I can tell you from personal experience that someone I trust with my finances is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. You might have a you know a benefit a, a, a business that you're starting, and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. You're not sure exactly what the what the best route is for that. It's another resource that Jim can help you with. I mean, personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim. I couldn't be any happier. Uh, you will be too. Give him a call 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. Or you could email him as well. Murray M U R R A Y dot jim at principal.com that's murray dot jim at principal.com My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. What's up, everybody? Appreciate you hanging out. That's Tone. I am Rob. We're Sports State, Jake Sports YouTube Network. Let's hit the like button if we could. All right, let's look at the defense here, Tone. Um, so 23 or more first downs allowed in six straight games. Um, second most passing touchdowns allowed in football. Um, they're 28th in points allowed, 28th in passing uh, yards. They're sixth against the run, which they were one for a while. 15 takeaways uh, to 19 giveaways, so they're minus four, which is 23. They're 30th in red zone uh, efficiency. They are 22nd in in sacks per pass play. Third down efficiency, they're 32nd. They're 31st in interceptions, 20th in takeaways. I don't need to keep going. Just say they're awful. Yeah, I mean, again, (laughs) I'm going to harp on this. I think the offense is just in a little bit of a rut. I think it's a combination of they played really good teams and really good defenses, and they've made mistakes, which they can't make in terms of turning it over, and guys just aren't playing at their best. I believe that, and you could call me you know, a, a hopeless optimist there, but I believe the offense is certainly capable of fixing itself. I do. I, I see this stuff defensively, and the only the area I think they can improve on is I definitely think they can be better at getting to the passer. That I do believe in terms of tackling the quarterback. It's called a sack last time I checked, not just a pressure. I always hear about the pressures. That's great. Oh, yeah. Get the sack. Okay. But as far the, as in, in the way Dave put it, for the back seven, I don't believe in the back seven. And the back seven concerns me. This is where you're going to have to coach it up to get around some of those shortcomings. But I, the defense is a major concern. Yeah. Um, 
it's like, where do you begin with the defensive side? Like, where 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 can you find the silver lining in the playbook? No pun intended. Right. Um, they're just bad. They're in, they're ineffective. They lack discipline in key spots. I'm looking at Bradbury as a guy who just looked like he's done. He looks like he doesn't even have the legs anymore. He looks like he doesn't have the instinct anymore. Um, maybe I have been harder on Slay than I probably should, but overall, I'm, I'm looking at them as a group. Mm-hmm. And as a group, they're not good. They're just not. Yeah, Reed Blankenship is the highest graded deep defensive back, the highest graded safety, potentially in the running for a pole bowl spot. But he can't stay healthy. And as a group, they're not good. So we're, the, the expectations for this offense have increased exponentially because you because the defense, you can make an argument, has gotten worse as the season as the season has progressed. Yeah. You're right. I mean, and, and the thing is, I and granted, the Eagles put up 30, what, what was it, 35 points, whatever it was in the Super Bowl. But when you're playing really good defenses, you're asking a lot of your offense to have to go that crazy. So they, whatever it was, whatever they did against, say, Miami or some of the other, maybe Dallas the first time. And I know some of that was they got some breaks in that Dallas game, but mm-hmm. they gave up 17 to Miami. I think it was in 23 to the Cowboys off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. You got to figure out a way to get close to that. I don't know that you're going to get exactly that, but you got to get close to that. Yeah, um, they, they got to this defense. See, my expectation for the defense was I'm not going to I don't think they're going to come in and just shut people down. But I do. I or I did at least expect them to be capable of getting timely stops, mm-hmm. timely um, turnovers. Right. At least um, being able to get up the field on third down most of the time. And they I, I at least expect them to be a disciplined defense as well. And I don't see I don't see any of those things happening, right? You don't need a number one defense to win the Super Bowl. Does it help? Yeah, it does. But you don't need one. If you have a top twelve defense, you can win the Super Bowl. You know what yeah. I mean? Because your offense can you know can cover that slack. When both sides of the ball aren't really working well, it's a it, it it's a recipe for disaster. Your offense can't sustain drives. Your defense can't get off the field to end drives. You're not going to beat anybody. I don't care if you're the Giants or the Cardinals. You're not going to beat anybody if your if your offense can't sustain drives and your defense can't end drives. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, it's it's simple. Yeah, I, I you know, and the other thing is, I know the the recipe for folks. They get frustrated because the Eagles play sticks defense and they don't want to give up a big play. Is is to blitz? They're getting killed when they blitz. You know, because the problem is you're leaving those corners who we're talking about who are struggling so mightily on an island alone without a lot of help. So it's not really the answer. I don't I'm, I'm not pretending I'm I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend like I have all the answers on defense. I don't. But I, I, I think you're, you're really risking because your secondary is not good enough, you know, putting those dudes out there in single man coverage. I, I right. just. Because they're so bad, you get wider on blitz. Like you need as many bodies back there to cover because they can't, they won't be able to hold up. So blitzing is like counterintuitive to, you know, just the overall goal of the defense, right? And it's like you damn if you do, damn if you don't. Okay, your D line's not getting enough pressure. Maybe if you, maybe if you speed the quarterback up, you know, you can, you can create some, create some havoc. But then your guys can't hold up long enough. It's just, it's just, you know, football is a complimentary sport, and the Philadelphia Eagles, it's like. They're 
it's like buying pieces to a puzzle and they all don't fit together. Yeah. Right. Like you have all these individual parts and you're trying to, you're trying to build this thing that, okay, can I, you know, this isn't the exact part I need, but maybe if I wiggle it here, maybe if I force it here, maybe it can work. And right now when it comes to Philadelphia Eagles, you know, I don't see, I don't see a well-oiled machine with cogs working with each other. I don't see that. I see cogs. I see resistance in the defense and the offense. I see things working against each other. Right. I I think, you know what I think it is, Tone? A couple things. They thought the pass rush would be a top five pass rush again. It hasn't been. It's number 12 right now. Uh, And and that makes up for a lot. That cures a lot of ills when you're getting to the quarterback like they were, like they did last year. I think they thought that. I think they definitely didn't see the fall off, the extreme, the extreme, you know, extremely you know, long, deep, whatever fall off from James Bradbury. Um, you know, like Dave said, and I agree with Dave, like Slay's been fine. He's, I'm not telling you he's a pro bowler. He's been fine. Um, but, but Bradbury has really struggled and your safety position for a lot of reasons, you know, one blanket chip hasn't been able to stay on the field and he's young and he'll make mistakes from time to time. Um, Bayard coming over here has not given them the lift that they thought you lost Avante Maddox which was was the most underrated injury all season, which nobody yet still talks about. Huge deal. And y- shame on you because you thought you were going to get away with this linebacker stuff. You know, they thought N'Kobe Dean was going to be legit, but you didn't know. Huge miscalculation. Right. Huge. And, and that, that one, I, like, that's where I have a lot of trouble feeling, you know, like that's where Howie's got to own that one a little bit. Yes, because it's like I spoke about this prior to the season, before things even went left in free agency, right? I said this is the perfect scenario. You, you, uh, you move on from Kaiser White because I didn't, I didn't think they would keep both of them, and I didn't think Kaiser White was the best, the best linebacker they had anyway. Yeah, I felt, I felt like he had good weeks and bad weeks. But here was the perfect scenario for me: you drafted Kobe Dean. Okay, he didn't get that much playing time in year one, but that's okay. He was playing behind guys that were just better and more experienced. So you have Kobe Dean waiting in the rafters. T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White are going to be free agents. You let Kaiser White walk. You even let Marcus, you even let Marcus Epps walk, right? You bring back the linchpin to your defense, which was TJ Edwards. He played the most snaps for you. He was the most healthy guy and the most consistent guy and make sure everybody was lined up correctly. You bring back TJ Edwards on whatever, a two-year, three-year deal, whatever the number would have been, it would have been. Um, and then you put in the Kobe Dean next to him yeah. on the field as off ball, which allows which gives which doesn't put as much pressure on the Kobe Dean to be the guy earlier on. And he can kind of just play free and instinctually instead of having to worry about making sure guys are lined up, guys are being, you know, guys are in their spots. You know, with that green dot, you're not just playing your position. You have to make sure everyone else is playing theirs. So that was a lot of pressure to put on a guy who got no snaps in year one. And you're expecting him to just put take that green dot and just be the guy in year two. So that was a huge miscalculation with by Harry no Roseman. net. Yeah, and basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, no net. At least if TJ Edwards is there and he's the green dot. And if you and if you want to move on from Edwards. After you know you give him a two year deal, whatever, and you then the Kobe Dean naturally uh, emerges as that quintessential middle linebacker, then you can do that. But it was a huge miscalculation by High Roseman, and like it, the fact that they didn't even make TJ Edwards an offer is malpractice at its finest. He's in Chicago, Rob. Yeah, for for he's for in nothing. Chicago, wasting his doing time. nothing, wasting his talent. Yeah. Now he's from the area. I agree. He's from the area. Fair enough. But I'm pretty sure 
if the Philadelphia Eagles would have made him offer, he would have stayed in Philadelphia because they yeah, see just because you didn't draft him doesn't mean you shouldn't have given him a shot because I bet any amount of money if they drafted TJ Edwards, they would have found a way to keep him. But because he was undrafted and they picked him up a day later, right? <laughs> or or an hour after the draft or an hour after the draft ended, his value didn't hold up and his value didn't hold up in the organization. You basically picked him up on draft day or the day after a rookie, you developed him. And then you sent them somewhere else. Just when you def- just when you got him to the point of he is one of the best linebackers in the league or one of the most reliable. Let me not let me not say one of the best, one of the most reliable linebackers in the NFL. Just when you built him up to that point, you offer. And you didn't even trade him. You let him walk. Mm-hmm. You didn't even get nothing for him. You let him walk. We yeah. got like certain things, like they need to be investigated for that one. That's one move. That's the, that's the one, that's one move I can't get behind it. And, and, and it will it will bother me to no end. Well, I'll throw another another thing that I I think can get better, okay? But I, I don't like what I've seen the last four games. They were a really good run, team against the run defensively. Mm-hmm. Up until about Kansas City, coming out of the coming out of the bye, really. They were really good against the, the, the run yeah. up until that point. They've now gone four straight games where they've given up 100-plus yards. But that's the weird uh, part, right? You had a bye yeah. week. You had time to get rest. And all of a right. sudden you're giving up the run. That, that's what I think that's what pissing me off the most about it. You had you had time to get rest. Yeah. And then you come out the bye giving up north of 130, 140 yards rushing weekly. Right. Wow. Well, I think that the, the weird thing here's the only thing I can really attribute it to, Tone. Right around that time coincided with about when a college football season ends. They would right now be, you know, they play usually about 12 or 13 games. And then if you're good, like Georgia and Alabama and all that, you're getting ready for a bowl game and or the playoffs. So they're right around that that mark right now at 10 and 3. Is it as simple as, and then Carter made a big play last week with the return, you know, um, after the, the Fletcher Cox strip sack. But uh, have Carter and Davis, I know Davis is in his second year, not his first, but have they hit walls mm. against the run? And they're getting pushed around a little bit more than they were earlier in the season. I don't know how else to explain that one uh, away. I don't have an explanation. Yeah, I don't really have one either. Um, I feel like that's a that's a that's plausible, right? It's it's it's, it's something that something that could be thought about, but I have a hard time letting them letting them off the hook for that. Um, the only rookie on the D line is Jalen Carter, so. I have I have a hard time just saying, oh, they, you know, they hit a rookie wall. Well, Fletcher Cox isn't a rookie. Jordan Davis is no longer a rookie. He's been through the ground of, of, of an NFL season. And he's actually in better condition now than he was last year. Yep. Um, one can argue the snap counts are pretty high. Mm-hmm. And because they've been, una- been unable to get up the field on third down, it's been, it's, it's been hard for them to really – maintain discipline we listen when you're tired in any aspect if you're tired or weak or you're sick or whatever we know how hard it is for you to have the, the strongest attention to detail mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure I'm, I'm sure you can relate like being tired you know you it's some, something that you probably would never miss oh you yeah there, like, there's a like, word oh, you're man. searching for or uh there's yeah. what year was that you know whatever you're just you're yeah. not on your a game you went exactly. for us exactly and then, and then in football where you would normally get off a block or so or you're just you're just beat down man and, yeah. and again I'm, i want to be fair to it, it takes a lot out of you when you played all these teams they played. It does. Mm-hmm. It didn't help that you uh, – a, a good point by uh, Keys 28 
uh, they played, you, you throw an overtime in there against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of that has caught up to them. It has. So it's, it's, it's a lot of factors. Whereas it's easier for us and Jake's not wrong here. I'm, I'm going to call Josh sweat out in a second, but it, it's, it's, it's easy to just point a finger at one group or one person. It's your fault. When it's a lot of things, it's a little more damning. It's a little more scary. Now, now let me let me push back on the Joshua thing, right? Because yep, we 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 were just quick to give the rookies a pass for the rookie wall, correct? But Josh Sweat already through week fifteen or week fourteen, he's already played more snaps than he did in the previous season. Yeah, yep. So it's like, yeah, yeah, he hasn't gotten a sack in God knows how long, but. If we're going to give guys a pass for being tired of the rookie wall or being tired because of who they played, I mean, why you know why should the rules change? Why why should the rules change for Josh? Well, no, he's right. already played more snaps than he played last year, and it, so he, he, he still has four games left. Let's go back to another thing. Then why was Derek Barnett on this this team to start the season? Why didn't you have somebody else who would have been more productive, who could have eaten up snaps for you and and done something for you, rather than a guy who did nothing and then you cut him? And or why like aren't you playing Noah Smith enough to take that pressure off of him? They're, right. Or, they, they, or they have bodies there, but they're not using them. Yeah. No. Agreed. So all of those things are issues, and I do think that's part of it. Like they're, they're the whole group of them. The Eagles are big on the rotation. All right, let's just keep going. You're all right, you're in. You're in. We know. We know how they've done it over the years. That they haven't had the luxury of that because some guys have gone down and some guys did aren't. They must not trust Nolan Smith. I mean, obviously, with, with the lack of snaps that he gets. But I just think it's a it's a lot of different things are, are at play here, and it's it's hurting them in a big way. Yeah, um, my thing is trust has to be earned. I understand that, but in order to earn someone's trust, they have to put you in a position to be trusted. Yeah, and they and the fact of the matter is they haven't put them on the field nearly enough to find out if you can trust them long term or not. My thing is early in the seasons where you get your lumps, baby. I would have had Sidney Brown out there starting against the Patriots. I right. would have had. I would have had Nolan Smith out there early. You know, I would have, I would have did everything. Mm-hmm. I would have did everything possible to make sure those guys get enough snaps early before the schedule gets harder. Agreed. You know, before you know, before the Agreed. pressure starts mounting. I would have had Nolan Smith out there regularly, trusting him. And my thing is, I understand BG's a BG's an OG, but my thing is, look, your four, your four DN slash edge rushers are Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat. Brandon Graham, Nolan Smith, rotate those guys. It is what it is. Yeah. Rotate him, find out what find out what he is, and you live with the results. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this scary ass mentality sometimes. Oh, you know, well, he, you know, we, we don't really trust him yet. Put put him put him out there. Yeah. Put him out there. Find out yeah. what the hell he is. You know, sink or swim. This yeah. is a Super Bowl caliber team. Screw it. Find out yeah. what he is. Now you're in a position where you can't really afford to find out what he is now. Now you kind of have to just tread lightly. And he has been he has been getting more snaps lately because I think I think they're trying to take some pressure off of, um sweat. But at the bottom the bottom line is if you would have did that earlier on, then maybe sweat would have a um a deeper reservoir of energy at this point in the season, right? Maybe and, and Hassan is still finding ways to get sex, man. He he just finds ways. Um, but again, no, man, I have um, no complaints about Hassan. Yeah. Zero. I mean, yeah, zero. yeah. Maybe the occasional guy shows up every game, man. 
yeah, yeah. Maybe the occasional complaint in defending the run, maybe the occasional complaint of missing a maybe an open throw tackle. Still, but, I mean, but for the most part, he 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 eats. So I'm not really too he's not he's the least of my concerns. I put you that my, me too. He's me the too. least of my concerns. I mean, he's my um, he's my uh, some people could say Jalen Carter, and that's fair, but I he uh, or Fletcher Cox. But I would say that those three, if you're gonna argue about a defensive MVP, it'd be Cox, Carter, and and Reddick. I think they yeah, would be the three. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know, um, again, um, this 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 is something that we have to hope that they figure out. Let me throw one more at you. That again, this yeah. feeds into everything we're talking about here. But you know, they've allowed 17 passing touchdowns in the last three games. Damn. Yeah. 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 That's a lot. In, in the last six games, 17. That's almost three per game in the it's air. It's some guys. In the air. It's some guys that don't even have that over the course of a season. Yeah. Right now. They're still hanging around 15, 14, whatever it is. Like. So they got it like that. There's so many things that need to be uh, improved here. And and look, you, it might be just the medicine you need. If Gino can't go and or if he's limited, maybe that helps you get going. And and, and there's some confidence carry over. I think right now they're, you know, I don't care who how good you are. You, you lose a couple this way. It shakes you a little bit. It's only it's human nature. Um so I think maybe that could be a possibility. Vegas thinks the Eagles the Eagles are a three-and-a-half, four-point favorite, depending on where you look. So mm-hmm. Vegas thinks that much of them. Um, so they're going to – this is a, a massive game, man, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a game that both teams need, actually. So um, I expect a really intense game. I expect both teams to really bring their A game and be competitive. Um, see, the Seahawks are literally – they've fallen out of playoff contention. And they need they need this win. The Eagles right now, they need it for different reasons. Obviously, they're the fifth seed currently. They're trying to make sure they win the division. They would they lose another game. They can potentially kiss the division and the number one seed goodbye. So mm-hmm. uh the, the Eagles have to they have to win out. It's just that simple. No if ands, buts about it. Anything any anything less than that, um man, uh Lord knows what the outcome may be. And again, once you get into the playoffs and things start, anything can happen on any given Sunday. Yeah. So I want to make sure. Despite my strong criticism of criticisms of this team today, Tuesday, December 12th, despite my criticisms today, once you get into the playoffs and now you know who you're playing, you can prepare for that. And everything I mentioned prior, anything can happen any given Sunday in the playoffs. Agreed. Let's just make that very clear, uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans. Anything can happen. But the place I don't want to be in is where I'm hoping for something else to happen rather than knowing that we can make something happen. You follow well, me? Yeah, I and agree. That's, with and you. that's where I don't want to be. I don't want to be hoping for something else to happen. I want to be the one who forces the action. Totally. Uh, totally with you. Um, and again, I think there's time to get the ship righted in, in a lot of areas, not all, to the point where you can, because weird stuff happens in the playoffs. And look, Kansas City was not a great defensive team last year, and they won a Super Bowl. So, it's doable. Uh, it's doable. Um, that's for sure. But if you look at just to talk about the importance of this game, for obvi- it's obvious from an Eagles standpoint. I mean, you went from one to five with that loss last week, but you're still 10-3. If you get help, you can still be the one seed or you could be the two seed. But if you're Seattle, you realize, Tone, that there are one, two, three, four, five teams that are six and seven right now. That includes the Packers who lost last night. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. But mm-hmm. the Packers are the seven seed at six and seven. Rams are six and seven. Seahawks six and seven. Falcons six and seven. Saints six and seven. So 
a win or two, you know, a little mini run for Seattle, a little rally, if you will, for Seattle, they're yeah. going to sneak in as a seven seed. They very well could do that. It's not crazy at all. They could, they could possibly be a six seed. So they're not dead. Like I, I, I hope Eagles fans aren't looking at this game. Like Seattle's lost four straight. They're cooked. They're not cooked. They still have a chance to get in the postseason. Yeah, it, 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 it's pretty clear, man. Um, Seattle Seahawks far from dead in the water, and they know that. So they know if they get a win over the Philadelphia Eagles, that can put them at least uh, in the seventh spot. Uh, Green Bay lost last night, so that helped their chances. Yep. Um, the Rams lost, so that helped their chances. Uh, the Falcons lost, so that helped their, that helped their chances. And look, I'll take it a step further. The Vikings, they're seven and six. The Packers are six and seven. Yep. Guess guess who's sitting at five and eight? The New York Giants. Boom, not done. So by my estimation, the New York Giants are far from out of the mix. Now, do they need a couple things to happen for them to get in? Sure. But at five and eight, they have two, they they're they're hungry. And if they can sneak into the playoffs because of the way the six and seven spot looks for the NFC. The Minnesota Vikings, you can't trust them as far as you can throw them. The Packers, they had a nice little win streak until it got knocked off by the Giants. So you still have a team that's still learning who they are and learning how to win. So the Packers can really lose any given Sunday, if we're being honest. Rams, same thing. Seahawks, same thing. Falcons, same thing. Saints, same None thing. None of those teams are special. None of those teams are, are slam dunks in any category on, on either side of the ball. So the Giants, I mean, let's really look at their last last matchups. Outside of the Philadelphia Eagles, they got Saints and Rams, which actually, if they beat those two teams, that helps their chances of getting in because the Saints and Rams have the same record as them. So, I mean, I don't see the I don't see the Giants beating the Eagles at all, but I don't put it past them to give us a fight because of the way things are going on. So, um, the Giants, if they finish the season, what is that? Uh, seven and ten. Is that good enough to get into the playoffs? I Probably don't know. Not. Probably. I don't know. I I I, I doubt it. But yeah. the fact that they're five and eight, and the next, and then the sixth seed in the NFC is six and seven. Or what is it? Uh, seven and uh six. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. So, look, man. Um, the, the, these next these these next few teams, the Eagles. Are, these next few teams, the Eagles are going to be playing. They're going up against hungry teams. So, Eagles fans, don't don't punch anything in as a win already. Make sure you uh still show up. Yeah, and the Giants have won three straight too. Like I, I'm not telling they you, they, yeah, they won three straight. Yeah, I haven't paid any attention. Wow, they've won at Washington. I'm not telling you they've beaten good teams. They've right, won Washington, at Washington. They beat New England Packers. and they beat Green wow. Bay. So all I'm saying is, if if they so they get New Orleans next week, uh, which yeah, you know, winnable game, whatever. So if they if they win that, they come in to Philly having won four straight and feeling pretty good about themselves. So it's just it's just not a layup. That's all I'm saying. The, I think the Eagles win the game, but it's not a layup by any stretch, um, you know, for sure. Uh, any defense on the field this much would be gassed. That's why the offense must run the ball. Look, you're preaching the choir here. Uh, you, you know, I agree with you, uh, brotherly tough. I would like to see them run it better and more effective uh, than they have. I just think they're not utilizing one of their better weapons on offense. If you don't get swift, either runs or swing passes or screens or, or whatever. I just think you can do more with him and they're not there. There's a lot more to be tapped 
there with that guy. Listen, when I when I we know when we were talking to Dave and I mentioned, you know, you know, yeah, the coaching staff, you know, they trust these guys to win, but do, but you know, but do the players trust these coaches to win, right? Um, these coaches, I meant what I said. These coaches have been riding these players in hopes of in hopes of you know um, the players elevating their scheme, and I feel like I feel like it's not a player's job to elevate your scheme; it's a coach's job to help elevate a player, and. Um, I'm seeing Shanahan. I'm seeing the Cowboys. I, I, you know, I'm seeing Mc, um, McCarthy. I'm seeing these two coaches creating these massive opportunities for their guys. You know, it's the windows that Brock Purdy and De- and Dak Prescott are throwing to are just enormous. Yeah, and that's not just because guys are winning their matchups. The you know the route concepts, the scheme, the the the, the play calling, the scheme, however you want to describe it, whatever lingo you want to use, whatever they're doing. It's a lot. It's making these guys is making is making these guys' jobs significantly easier, and it's giving them an opportunity to showcase their skill set in open field. And the Eagles yeah. have never doing that. Every every everything is complicated with for, for Jalen Hurts right now. I, I can't remember the last easy throw he I've seen him make. Like like well, he's not getting any easy quick rhythm throws. I'm not seeing it. Well, I, you know what it reminds me of a little not. This is an extreme, and this this is probably a little bit before your time, Tone. But when they when the Eagles had Randall. Buddy Ryan used to say to him, hey, just go out and make me four or five plays and we'll do the rest on defense. And it was like he didn't give him enough help. Now, the Eagles have way better personnel around Jalen than yeah. Randall had around him. Better so line, better receivers, a, yeah. Yeah, it's not a straight comp. But I do feel like sometimes it's like drop back, drop back, drop back, deep ball, rather than, man, let's make this like a three-step zip or whatever. The, the stuff you see with Purdy, who doesn't necessarily have the arm talent that, that Jalen does, but but, man, it looks good. However, whatever it is, there's no plan, and, and I think they would they would benefit from that in a big way. I do. Agreed. Yeah, I don't see a plan, right? Um, I I, I, I honestly believe their plan is Jalen drop back, make a play. If it's not there, um, I'm sorry, um, Jalen drop back, find AJ, find Devonte, maybe find Goddard. If it's not there, make make a play with your legs. All right, second down, um, second down, repeat, third down, repeat. You know, I don't I, I don't see. I don't see them trying to make his job easier. I don't care how much you're paying him. Make his job easier. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's 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 it's, it's really ridiculous, man. Um, yeah. Shanahan does everything to make Purdy's job easier. Um McCarthy has um showed uh, has exposed us to um this new version of Dak Prescott that we didn't never see before. So, you know, I can't I I can't just sit here and say, oh yeah, the personnel is not executing. I'm not buying that, man. I'm not buying that at all. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, as as much as there there were a couple, McCarthy's been a punchline for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean Payton was a punchline with the way the season started. Like there are guys that are have who were punchlines who were saying, "Yeah, how you like me now?" Uh, you, you know, the way that, from the way that this season started, um, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing uh, what's going on. I agree with uh, Coach Marcus that Jalen doesn't check down enough. It's something in his game that he needs to be better at because that is that is something that's there. And Sounds he, like coaching to me. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I hope that Brian Johnson's not afraid to coach him hard and coach him because hard. We, because we because we we talk about Jalen Hurts being this coachable guy. Yeah. He's so coachable. And he's right? he's school. a coach's son. Yeah, yeah like right? he isn't one of these guys. He's not Carson Wentz right. who's gonna get a red ass. He's right. not that. So I mean, if 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 that's what we're seeing from him, that's been in, in my opinion, that's been instilled in him. He's been giving the the leeway or the brevity to make those kind of decisions or plays. If 
they're in there saying, hey, listen, Jalen, go through these two reads, boom, boom. If they're not there, hit Swift. He's going to be open. And if he's not doing that, then, okay, sure, that's probably on him. And, I'm, and again, I'm not denying the fact that there's been open throws that he's just not making. No. I, I, I want to make that clear as well. I'm not taking the pressure of Jalen Hurts not one bit. We've seen some situations where I'm like, bro, let the let it fucking rip. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah, I you agree. know what I mean? So I'm sensing hesitation from him. I don't feel like he's playing with the, the same instincts he's played with in 2022. Uh, and it's showing – on the field, it's showing with the play call. It's just, it's just it's just not a good mix right now. What's going on between him and the coaches? And I think they need to go back to the basics. Go back to how he got here. Get the RPO going. Get the ball out of his hands fast. Get the ball out of his hands fast. Turn him into a quick decision maker. What made him so special last year was his ability to make quick, snappy, instinctual decisions. We're not seeing that this year. We're seeing hesitancy. Um, I think he has the I think he has the slowest um release time in the NFL right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, again, I don't want to, t- I don't want to take the pressure off Jalen Hurts because he deserves as much criticism as, as everybody else on his, on, on this team. Best believe that, you know. And you making the most money, my man. We on, you know, we on that ass. So, um, this team has a lot to answer for in these next four weeks. Um, you know, will they get it done? Only, only time will tell. All right, let's step aside. Let's come back. Uh, we got our NFL segment coming up at the top of the hour, but we're going to hit a bunch of other things, including the Sixers. You know how many Sixers won by last night, Tone? 45 points. What did, what did, I, what did I say yesterday? <laughs> what did I? Let's, uh, let, let's, let's what, throw uh, – What did I say yesterday, Rob? Just, just, just tell me. What did I say? Yeah, you did. You had it. Uh, let's throw the big bell a little love. Barbecue chicken. Barbecue, yes. I and it was a lot of bar. It was it was it was barbecue for everybody, man. Everybody got fed last night. Uh, that was wearing a Sixers jersey. So let's dig into that when we get back. A uh, bunch of things, some injury updates. We're going to look back at both of the games last night. Two upsets uh, in the NFL on on the Monday night doubleheader. We're also going to dig into our top five QB power rankings, and also part of our next segment. Who's the best coach in Philadelphia right now? We'll do mm. all those things when we get back. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you about Pro Action Restoration because uh, I am in the midst of seeing the great work that Pro Action Restoration does because I had a problem at my house with, uh, with water damage. They came out. They fixed it. Uh, they are handling all of the contract work, including uh, the drywall uh, that needs to go up, the ceiling, uh, the carpet, you name it, across the board. They're doing all of that. And if you have any issues, whether it's water, fire, smoke, mold damage to your property, you building your house, uh, they're the people to reach out to. ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured, serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction Restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. I can tell you that from, uh, from firsthand. Uh, whether it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We are back. That's Tony. I'm Rob. We're hanging out with you on this Tuesday. All right. So Sixers won 146-101. Let, let, me, let me just start with this. There are some bad teams in the NBA, and then there's the Wizards. Uh, they are 3-19, and 19, Tone. 3-19. and 19. I mean, the, the team the Sixers play next, the Pistons, are 2-21. and 21. The, the NBA has some dregs. I mean, just some absolute dregs. It's amazing how bad some of these teams are. I think Washington and Detroit need to be investigated, honestly. Um, no, seriously. I, I know it's funny, but, you know, I think I, I think they need to be investigated, truly. Um, there's something going on within those organizations. They've been through several different coaches, several different types of rosters, and they can't win. There's something consistent going on there. Yeah. I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's something in the water, something in the, uh, the team cafeteria. Um, I don't know if the owner... Uh, is getting paid off to kind of just do something. I don't know what's going on, but those teams, those teams need to find a way. Yeah. Those teams. They, well, it's it's a joke. And you know, San Antonio's lost 17 straight. You see that? 
They've lost San Antonio. San Antonio lost 17 straight. Yeah. Damn, the old NBA season just flies by you. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't think well, that I didn't think they were that bad. Yeah, they're bad. There's some bad teams. But I, I watched that game last night, and I'm watching a Wizards team. They, they their personnel's bad, you know but, but listen, there's a lack of effort. I mean, it's terrible. Listen, this that's why I hate when people, you know, crown these some of these rookies. He's he's the next. He's the next guy. The, he's the next chosen one. He's the next. He's the next LeBron or the next. First of all, what LeBron was able to do his first year in Cleveland. Yeah, incredible. He he took them to be from being one of the worst teams and they made it to the playoffs. I think his first year, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So when you see a guy like Wimby and his lack of impact on winning, right? Now yeah, yeah. he's talented, but his lack of impact on winning, that's something I pay attention to. You know, Zion Williamson, he was supposed to be the next guy. His lack of impact on winning, he has too much, he has too much of an impact on the fridge. Not enough on winning. Too much of an impact on the in the cafeteria. Not on winning. <laughs> so my thing is that's why I, that's why I, like people can say whatever they want about LeBron James. That man is a treasure. His his impact on winning will never ever ever be touched. You know what I mean? Oh so, yeah. Listen, y'all can keep crowning these new freak freak of nature. These 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 <laughs> these you know y'all can keep crowning these anomalies. These guys who are who are 280 moving like a moving like a point guard or a guy that's seven foot five who can who has the handle like a point guard that can score all three like whatever whatever you can you gotta keep crowning them. Yeah. If are 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 they helping you win? I don't think so. But back to the Sixers. That was a sidebar. All right. Oh, I thought you were gonna go back. Okay. So back to the Sixers. Here's what it is. And it, I think we take Embiid a little bit for granted. And I know that the people are gonna clap really? back. Talk to me in the plus. I do. I think a little bit. So 34 last night, 10, 6, and 30 minutes. Ho-hum. Like, you look at what he's doing this year, Tone. And again, I get it. I know the answer already is going to be playoffs. Playoffs play the P word as soon as I say this. But I'm going to say it anyway. So Embiid this year, 33.4 points per game, 11.5 rebounds, 6.4 assists, 1.1 steals, 2 blocks, I know he's turning it over 3.9 times per game. He has, That's he has be the better. ball out of his hands. I don't get mad at that. He has the ball in his hands a yeah, lot. He's got, and he, right. He handles it a ton, especially for a big. He handles it a ton. Okay. He's got it at the top of the key. He's got it at the elbow. He's got it at the nail. He, a lot of the offense runs through him. He's going to have a, a probably a higher turnover ratio than other bigs. Okay. I get it. He's been awesome this year. And I think what Nick Nurse is doing with him is, is, is he's got him playing his best basketball of his entire career. Now, the compliment to that is Tyrese Maxey is, is an absolute joy. I mean, this guy is a joy to watch. So he had 24 and six and 25 minutes last night. If you look at what he's doing, Hello. 27 points per game, 6.7 assists per game, shooting it, uh, you know, considering again, another guy who's got the ball in his hands a ton, uh, you know, he and Embiid, but certainly he's got it in the ball in, in his hands more than anybody else. Uh, shooting 40 from three, 47 from the floor. Uh, 90 from the free throw line. Like, you know, it's just they got two great players, and Maxi's become a great player. It really has. Yeah, you can make an argument. Maxi is having a greater impact on winning and offensive efficiency than James Harden and Ben Simmons. Oh, for you sure. can really make you can really you can really make an argument for that. I mean, and he fits much better with what Joel Embiid does. Um 
I understand Harden led the league in assists with the Sixers last year, but when you play with him, it just changes your entire flow offensively. And he's a he he he, he playing with Harden is like dragging an anchor across the bottom of the ocean. Like it's just he he just plays so slow. Um, but Maxi, he can play fast, get downhill, he can get to the cup, you know, he can shoot, um, he 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 can uh shoot off the catch, you know what I mean? He can shoot off the dribble, you know what I mean? Efficient yeah. three-point shooter, like he's a scorer. He 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 knows what he's doing, and he's, and he's efficient. He doesn't turn the ball over like that. He gets he 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 runs the offense. Nick Nurse is really, really, probably the best thing that ever happened to Tyrese Maxey and Jordan Embiid. Yeah, he's done a he, he's done a really good job, and I I you can see they're not going to come out. Nobody's going to come out and crush Doc Rivers. You know, none of the players are. They're they're going to handle it in a classy manner. But you can just see they, the they way didn't like that man. No, right. You, you can just see that, and you can just see how much joy they take in playing for this guy. And I believe that Nick Nurse, like, I don't think there's ego involved. Tone. I think he just wants to. Hey, man, what what works best? Good. Let's go. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to get the most out of you. Um, you know, you're seeing guys like uh, Ubre come in and just give him a ton and we all know you know <laughs> who knows what happened with the bike and the whole nine but anyway uh tobias looks like he's getting his act together the anthony melton is is coming on now batum's been a really nice addition batum's numbers aren't going to scream at you but batum makes a lot of really smart basketball plays he's a good rebounder he's a good passer he knows when to set a screen you could tell this guy's played a lot of basketball in his life he, he knows he, how to play the game period yes. And and they all know, like, dude, this runs through Embiid. There's no there's no BS that Ben's got to get his touches or James has to get his touches. It's running through Embiid and Maxi, and everybody gets that. It sort of has like an Iverson feel where everybody else knew what the deal was. And I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna bring my lunch pail and and we're gonna feature this guy. That's what they're doing with these two, and it's really, you know, it's it's fun to watch with them this year. They don't step on each other's toes. It's just that you know, it's, it's really it's 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 really amazing to watch. Like. That's why Jamal Murray and Jokic work so well. They don't step on each other's toes at all. Like they, right. they score in two different ways. They're never in this, they're never in the same part of the court. Um, and they have a coach that knows how to maximize their abilities. You know, I've been telling people this. I I remember you and D Gun caught me a little crazy a couple of years, a couple of years ago or last season. When I said, listen, give Maxi the ball, he yeah. can be he can be Joel and B, Jamal Murray to Jokic. So some of you guys are like I don't know if he can really run the point. I don't know. I don't know if that's his game. He's more of the off-ball kind of guy. Look, man. Look, I, I couldn't be a bigger fan of this guy. I I love, I love him. him. I love him yeah, as man. a player, and I love him as a dude. I just think he gets it. He gets, uh, he it, just man. gets it. He works hard. He really yeah, works I, at his game. You know what's interesting? They were during the broadcast last night. Um, they were they were talking about. I think it was Marcus Morris uh, who who was talking about like what an eye opener it was to, to watch this dude put the work in. Like he's the guy on the off day that they're kicking out of the, the, the facility. Like, dude, you got to go. Like we got, we, you know, or he's coming back at midnight, you know, and have one of the guards turn the lights on. He, he's right. that guy, man. That's who, that's who Tyrese Maxey is. Absolutely. So he Absolutely. deserves every, every ounce of success he gets. And I hope he gets. He's going to be an all-star this year. He's going to be an all-star this year. And if he's not, gonna something's be... wrong. Something's yeah, really wrong. Exactly. In, in the East, the all-star guards are going to be Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey. And then yeah. and, and then, then argue about everybody else. If yeah, those great. two aren't all-stars, 
for the because you know you know they're, they're going back to the eastern western format this year. I know I'm glad, which, I, which I'm glad. I, yeah. I prefer the eastern. I, western. I don't mind trying things, but I'm glad they're back to this. I yeah. really am. Yeah, because um, I guess they realized it wasn't changing viewership, and, and it became kind of petty. Where you it were like it became petty. Yeah, guys were playing games. I don't like this guy, so I'm gonna. I'm not like. Come on, man. Like, yeah, it's so, coming that way. Yeah. So you know, and now now it's going to go back into a meritocracy. You know, like yep. you know, who's playing the best in your in your conference? They're yeah. going to be the all stars. Simple as that. None of that team voting or or not or none of that um drafting crap in you know that that dramatized pseudo NBA draft format. It was just this guy dated my ex. So I'm not going to draft. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to draft my guy, even though I know damn well, he's not having a better season this than this guy, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, um, I like, I've always loved the East West format. Now I'm curious to know, um, what they're going to do about the uniforms because I, I don't know. I'm old school. I like the classic, you know, you wear, your, you wear your jerseys. And um, the other team wears theirs, and then you know y'all. Yeah, y'all I don't figure, know what they'll do with that. I don't, I don't figure, know. I didn't think it out from there. You know, I mean, now they have it, whereas though guys, um, you know, they have like a, a uniform, like a legit uniform for, for each side. I liked it, man. One of my favorite All Star games is when um, MJ was playing for the Wizards, and uh, <laughs> he got wide open for the dunk, and he missed it. It bounced all the way back. <laughs> oh no! But that was a hell. Of, one of my favorite All Star games when when uh, when AI and Stefan Marbury was going back and forth. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was. I remember. You might may, may not remember Kobe. You might be too young to remember Kobe. Kobe's rookie. Uh, no, Kobe. Yeah, it was his rookie All Star game. It was awesome. His first year, he was in the All Star game. It was awesome. It, 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 he, he went because Kobe and AI was in the same draft, right? They were both ninety six. They were both ninety six. Yep. Uh, so yeah. AI went first overall. Kobe went later. But that was that was when they were drafting. Unless you were a big, unless you were like, you know, Garnett or whatever, you were going. They were gonna. They there was some, the jury was out on guards coming right out of high school. Mm-hmm. So that that's what hurt Kobe a little bit. But Jerry West was brilliant. Charlotte drafted him. They traded Bloody Divac and they got Kobe and the, the rest is history. So <laughs> I know one of the all time heists like in the in the history. But Jerry West did that a lot. Jerry West did that a lot. Um. Want to give the Flyers a little touch before we get a timeout at the Predators tonight. 15-10 and two start for the Flyers. Nashville's 15 13 awesome. Yeah, good start. Very good start for them. Um, and and you know, props to them for the way that they have they have played and the way that Tortorella and like I'm gonna give Nick Nurse love. I'm giving Tortorella some love. I, you know, let's hold our let's hold our coaching question till later. Let's do that in our last segment. But um, nonetheless. The players, the organization, and Tortorella so far deserve a lot of credit for the way this thing's gotten off the ground. And I think they're they're laying the foundation for good habits, for winning habits for this team more than anything else. Like I don't think ultimately they're a playoff team, although they might get in. But I think that's what they're doing for the future of this team, like the right thing, doing it the right way. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's do this. Let's get a timeout. When we come back, we're gonna hit a bunch of different things. We'll look at both games Monday night last night. Uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, discuss what went down, how that game ended with the Chiefs. We have an inju- big injury update. We'll hit a bunch of other things as well, and we'll get into our top five uh, QB power ranking. And don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Stake, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time for me to tell you about the good people at Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, 
stump grinding as well as tree pruning. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Go to Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Day, hanging out with you Tuesday. Uh, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, let's hit the like button if we could. We appreciate that. All right, Tone, so a couple things here. Let's start with last night. Didn't see this coming. Um, Giants beat the Packers. Packers had come in playing very well of late. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, Tommy Cutlets, who was just a punchline, <laughs> 
he put together a pretty good drive to 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 win this bad boy uh and made some plays last night and the end of the giants end up winning 24 22 they're three and one with him as a starter um and you know there was some controversy they didn't go back to tyrod taylor but uh brian dable apparently made the right call and the giants upset green bay that was uh it was a shocker i'm surprised i thought green bay would handle their business yeah man um Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito, Tommy the Shark. You know what I mean? Uh, Did you see his agent? Thought? No, I you didn't see it. his agent. You have to look this up. Oh, my God. Does he Does he? Does Sean he like Stilato, a... and he's out of central <laughs> casting. He's got a hat on, like a like a, a fedora. Uh, he, you got you to find the picture. Of it. Just do oh a, my a search God. for Tommy DeVito agent, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, man. It's It's – it's awesome. Like he's playing it up. It's funny. Like these guys are having a nice sense of humor about these things. It's, it's oh really my funny. God. Yes. That's his agent. <laughs> yes. Yo, he looks, yo, he it's looks perfect. like a, like a shyster. Like, it's you know, he, perfect. he just, he, he just, he, he just looks like, he's like, listen, kid, listen, you know, you know, what's better than a hundred dollars, $200. Yep. Okay. How about you move these boxes? And then, you know, we, uh, you know, we don't tell anybody they're missing. How about now, that? Here's what I'm telling you he's doing. <laughs> he's saying, we can ride this for some serious endorsements. You exactly. And, I, and let's go. Get right. on the train, my man. Here we go. Because Lord knows how long your career is going to be. Exactly. Let's 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 yeah. play this up, baby. Yeah, we're going to make New- this one year worth it. Okay? Listen, you're in New York. You're Italian. <laughs> you know, you're, uh, you're you're somehow some way finding ways to win these games. Let's yeah. play this up, baby. He, he, he just looks like the – he looks like the man in black. Like, he just looks – he looks like he just he just looks like he's up to something. Who 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 who, who are you talking to on that phone? I know, nobody. It's totally fake. It's totally <laughs> fake. He's not talking to anybody, man. Get out of here. He's doing. You know he's saying every camera's on us right now. That's what he's saying. Oh my god. Yeah. So they they end up winning last night, and and again, you know, his numbers just straight up numbers aren't great. But when they needed it bad late, he had, he put he, he made a great throw to Robinson. Um. So they end up winning um twenty four twenty two, and like I said, they've won three straight to. You know, I know New York fans are pissed off because they want the better pick, but the Giants, at least to their uh, credit, they didn't fair. quit on Dable, so they're they're fighting. Um, so there's something to be said for that. So they win, and their defense is good. That's the other thing about the Giants; their defense is is still good. It's the offense that's been a disaster. So yeah, man, that agent looks like someone you call when you need something cleaned up. Or yeah, or he's like Winston Wolf. Like I need, yeah, like I need. I have an issue. Can you get here? How fast can you get here? All right, I'm I'm there, and I'm uh-huh. you, you, you seen John Wick, right? Oh yeah. All right. So remember the first one where the you know, they broke into his house and you know they tried, you know, um, you know he, he, he you know he got revenge and they and they tried to kind of try to come for him. Yes. And then uh and then all of a sudden uh the cleaner comes to the door with the door yep. and the two and the two big Samoans. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, he looks just like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is correct. Oh, um, man, DeVito, man, I love you, man. Bobby, he's doing his thing. Uh, all right, so the Titans, the Titans upset the Dolphins in Miami. Yeah, man, they blew it. Yeah, twenty-eight, twenty-seven. Blew it. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was again two entertaining games last night. And I will, I'll give credit where credit's due. You know, Levis early throws a pick six. He he tries to throw a screen and. Defensive lineman from the Dolphins picks it off and takes it in. I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. But no, right. not really, man. I mean, Levis, Levis played well, and and man, he's. I think he. I don't know if it's sustainable the way that he plays. He's taking on line. He's like Josh Allen taking linebackers on, but uh, he, he's got 
He's got balls. I'll give him that much. Yeah, I think he's trying to set a tone. Yeah. Um, that uh he's he he's he's he he deserves to be the starting guy. He's gonna fight to be the starting guy. And um, I think he's trying to send a message to his team that look, we're in this together. And um, you know, I'm willing, I'm willing to lay it out on the line for any for any one of you guys. So um, yeah, man, he 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 played an all right game. Mm-hmm. He played an all right game, man. You gotta get credit where credit is due. Yeah, yeah. So they uh that's a tough loss for Miami because if you look at it now in the in the standings. So, but first of all, Baltimore was was loving it. But um, so Miami loses; they're now nine and four. Baltimore sits atop the AFC at ten and three, um, and they'll be at Jacksonville this week. So, and Jacksonville's lost two straight. So, Baltimore ten and three. Then it's Miami nine and four, Kansas City eight and five, Jacksonville eight and five, Cleveland eight and five, and then everybody else falls into that seven and six, uh, you know, category. Yeah, man, Baltimore, they got Jags, Niners, Dolphins, Steelers. Tough stretch, man. Tough that stretch. Yeah. So we'll see if they can hold on to that number one spot. I don't know if they will because of the competition they're going up against these next three weeks. Um, the Dolphins need that win, though. The mm-hmm. Dolphins, you see, the Dolphins have to hope for a, either a Jaguars, Niners loss, and then they have to beat them. Right. And if they can do that, then they can secure the number one seed, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, but they – at least they're sitting in the driver's seat and they got some help. All right. So we talked a lot about the, the offsides by Kadarius Tony and the, the sort of right. entitlement reaction from Andy Reed and Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll give first off, I want to give Mahomes credit because he went on Kansas city radio yesterday and said, I was out of line. He said, um, you know, I'm passionate. Uh, you know, I'm always going to be fiery, but I can't lose it like that. Number one. And number two, I, I had no right doing that to Josh Allen, who was just trying to tell me, you know, good game. So anyway, I I give Patrick Mahomes credit. You know, he he saw the the error of his ways or whatever, and he kind of gave that yeah, what you know, kind of kept it moving speech, which mm-hmm. I think was some acknowledgement of it. Uh, but what he also said is, you know, we're not going to shy away from Kadarius Tony. Okay, Andy, good for you. Yeah, you keep saying that. Keep doing that. Yep. Yeah. Keep yeah, saying he, that. I think he's full of it too. I think you're going to see his snaps diminish. That's just my of course, opinion. of course. They're not going to they're not going to oust him publicly. But best yeah. believe, Kadarius Tony, your days are number champ. Yep, <laughs> you champed him. All right, uh, yeah. So uh, that's that's a couple things. We're not no surprise here. Justin Herbert has to undergo surgery for a fractured finger, and mm-hmm. they're keeping him out for the rest of the year. That's exactly what they should be doing. Yeah, he's a fifty million dollar man. You better. Yeah. And, and you're going nowhere fast. So, nowhere. Um, you know, that's uh, that's the way Brandon to go. Brandon Staley is going to be in the first plane, Matthew yeah. Nyman plane. He's going to be in the go first after? mega bus out of there. Who, who do you think they go after? I mean, do they go after like the, you know, Ooh, I wouldn't be surprised. Guy? I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they go after, um, what is it, Ben? Is it Ben Johnson? Ben in, Johnson um, in Detroit. In Detroit. I wouldn't be surprised if they go after him. Hmm. Um, Depending on how this season goes. Maybe Brian Johnson, hopefully. Um, um, yeah, um, I mean, they were supposed to be the they were supposed to be the two guys for uh, Carolina too. I don't know, man. If I have my druthers, I'm I'm going to the Chargers with with Herbert over what I don't know what it is with. I'm not blaming Bryce Young, but man, that that has been a mess this year. Yeah, yeah. I think I think out of all the out of all the possible jobs that's going to be available, the Chargers one is the most enticing. Yeah. Yeah. I, all right. So let's look at that for, real quick. All right. So the 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 job openings. 
New England, did you see that too? I meant, I meant to bring this up to you. Tom Curran, who we've had on the show before from NBC Sports uh, New England. Right, right, right. He is dying on the hill that Belichick's out of there one way or the other. Like, right. he, said, he said that last time you oh, guys spoke he, to him. He's not backing off of it. Like, he's dug in. And they asked must, him again he, about it he, last week. He must week. know something. He must know. And that guy's a really good reporter too. So, anyway. All right. All right let, let's assume for a minute that New England's open. Do you think do you think Salah survives with the Jets? Yeah, yeah, he does. I think he does too. So so we so we have the Panthers job available. We have you can have Panthers job available. Let's just say let's, Patriots for the sake let's of argument. Say Patriots. Let's say Chargers. Chargers. There's Washington three. Commanders. Commanders four. Carolina five. Right? Did you say them? Yeah, I said Carolina already. Oh, sorry. All right, that's yeah, four. Yeah. Um, honestly, Saints. Saints a lock. That's five. Chicago um, might survive. I don't. I, I, I think Eberflus. I think Eberflus survives. All right. Um. Um. What about Atlanta? Yeah, I think Atlanta. I think. I think if they don't win that division, he goes. I think he goes if they don't win that division. Okay. That's what's that six? Uh, I think that's five. That's all. Let me five. double check though. We gotta so, be missing something here. There's, there's definitely wait. Patriots, Char Patriots, Chargers. Pages, Chargers, Panthers. Uh, apparently, Rabel surviving too. By the way, I, f- I figured he would. Uh, Patriots, Chargers, Panthers, Commanders, uh, Saints, Falcons is six. Maybe, ah, uh, uh, man, I don't know. Um, you think Tampa Bay holds on the top bowls? That's the other one. I don't think it's his fault. Although right now they're in first place, that could go either way. You know, they don't have a quarterback. They they don't have a quarterback, so they don't have a quarterback. No, they don't. They don't, and they're old in some places. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not a real attractive job. It's an attractive place to live, but it's not an attractive (laughs) job to me. No state. Oh, the Raiders. The Raiders. That the Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. That is going to be old. That is a good call. You know, I was. I I was ignoring them because I figured they would give it to Antonio Pierce, but it's not a given based off of that organization, how they make moves. So, yeah, I guess you can't can't count anything. Here's the other one. It does. Does Carroll step down? Does Carroll at 70 something just say, I don't know. He's he looks like he's 50 something. But does he step down? Maybe if they don't make the playoffs. Honestly, the, go, go the, live the good life the, for a little way, while. Wait, the way Pete Carroll is, his makeup is, they, they they're going to have to bury him in, in, at, at the. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's going to have to be fired. He he ain't walking. Yeah, yeah, he ain't walking. Yeah. He ain't walking. That's not even his mo. He's not walking yeah. at all. So he probably sticks around. All right, well, there's going to be about six openings somewhere around there. I would say the most attractive. Chargers. Yeah, I think Chargers are attractive. I think you don't have a quarterback for the Raiders. Right, right. Commanders. I mean, Sam Howell is is he's intriguing. I still he's think in, that's going to be the enemy. I know it makes too much sense, but no, yeah, yeah, it does make too much sense. But um, as far as the quarterback position in, in Washington, that's an intriguing yeah quarterback. And the good thing is, if it is the enemy, he knows exactly what Hal is and if he's legit or not. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you know, there's no coming in from the outside. Not sure he's been around the guy for a full year, so he knows. I think I look. I'll be honest. I think. I think the enemy already saw the writing on the wall from the beginning. He took that job because he knew he had a clear path to it. To, uh, yeah. he, uh, he had a clear path to the uh, to the head coaching job. In my opinion, mm-hmm. could be. I, I I firmly believe that. I feel like he he saw a clear path to that job, and, yeah. and without having to you know really compete for it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. All right. Uh, we're elsewhere. Uh, Duvernay, the return man for the uh, for the Ravens back injury. Uh, so he's back. Is he the guy that returned it for the uh, touchdown? No, 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 no. He's not the one who took that one back. He was already banged up at that point. But Devin Duvernay, he's an all pro. Uh, back injury on Sunday placed on the IR will not require procedure. So he should be good for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the good news there. Um, also, Malik Cunningham signed to the Ravens practice squad from New England's practice squad. Good for him. You just made yourself some money, my man. You just mm-hmm. made some playoff money. Yep, sure <laughs> so did. He, you got out of a mess, uh, and he ends up going there. Tyreek Hill, did you see this story? So he got hurt last night in the game, and he came – it was weird. So he got tackled. It almost looked like a uh, a horse collar, mm-hmm. right, initially. But they didn't throw a flag on it. And he was banged up. He only played in 33 snaps. He suffered an ankle injury in the first quarter. So he was tackled out of bounds after he caught a pass. He was down in pain. It looked bad for a minute. Then all of a sudden, he pops up and sprints ac- across the field to the Titan sideline, fr- from the Titan sideline to the Dolphin sideline. Um, it, it turns out that he got a text from his wife at halftime, which motivated him. Yes. So, quote, when it happened, like my first reaction was like, man, my ankle is gone. My adrenaline kicked in. I ran off the field. I sat there for a while. It got stiff. I was going through a lot of pain. Then I just made up my mind. I came in at halftime. I texted my wife. I was like, this bleep hurts. I need an ankle massage tonight. She's like, you'd better get your bleep back on the field and in the game, dog. I was like, all right. (laughs) So I just made up my mind. It's going to hurt. I'm going to have to suck it up tonight and tomorrow. I just went back in the game. And uh, without saying anything, so yeah, good for the wife. Little motivational speech. Hey, hey listen, man. Um, a woman can be a hell of a motivator. <laughs> I'll, right. I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. I yes, think I, right. I, I think I think you and I both know what yes, that's correct. Like. You are correct, sir. Uh, Al Michaels, do you? I don't know if you remember this. It was a really remember that crazy playoff game last year. Uh, where the Jaguars came back. I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was against. I think the Titans. That was against, no, that was against the um, Chargers. Chargers, that's right, where they had all kinds of crazy you know, plays, and Doug Peterson was just pulling stuff out of the bag, and, and mm-hmm. they ended up winning, and it was really an exciting game. Al Michaels and Tony Jun- Dungy called the game, and, and it was like a yawn fest. Those two, those two were just boring as hell, right? Yeah, I mean, what would you expect? Tony, they're both what, in their 70s? What I mean, but like for a game of that magnitude in a playoffs, dude, you better be bringing it. And neither brought it. Tony Dungy doesn't even know how to raise his voice, which I respect. But he doesn't even know how to raise his voice. He should never be doing uh, color in a game. He should be in a studio somewhere. Right. But, and Al Michaels, you see it on Thursday nights. He is. know what that is. He's mailing it in. So NBC decided. Uh, that you're not doing a playoff game this year. So they get two of them. Yeah, and he's not going to be one of them. Now, remember, he's with Prime, but he also has a deal with NBC. Wow. But NBC invoked a clause where they don't have to use him for a playoff game, and he's not doing a playoff game. Wow. So a little message. Yeah, little message. Yeah, and, and I ain't mad at it. Yeah. You know, get, get, get some fresh blood in there. Yeah. Someone's so going to act, act, someone who's actually going to enjoy the game, enjoy the job they're doing. I like it, man. I like it. Good for them. Uh, all right, so injured quarterbacks. You ready for this? Aaron Rodgers. These are the guys who have either missed significant time or just went down recently, but, you know, some big names. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, 
Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, Anthony Richardson, just to name a few. Seven that's, quarterbacks. That's some heavy – that's some big names, man. Seven hear it again? quarterbacks. No, you're, no, you're Rodgers, Burrow, Cousins, Jones, Herbert, Watson, Richardson. Almost wow. 25% of week one starting QBs uh, are are cooked, are done for the year. And how many of those guys just got paid? Burrow just got paid. Rodgers, Rodgers just got paid. Crazy money. Cousins is a, is a free agent. Just got paid. No, he's a free agent. No, Herbert. Oh, Herbert. You're right. Herbert Jones Herbert just got paid. Just got paid. Jones just got paid. Watson got paid two years Watson ago. Got paid so Richardson's a rookie. Contract. Yeah. A lot of those guys. The only one of, who's in jeopardy is Cousins. A lot of money sitting at home. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's tough, fascinating. It? You better have it's a decent backup in this league. I'm surprised you, they don't put more money you, in. Here's the thing, right? You know what's so funny about it? Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are your prototypical pocket quarterbacks, right? They got paid the same time Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts got paid. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, they're the dual threat guys. Yeah, they're still playing football right now. Right. Say, say what you want about the performances. That's that's not the point. They're still playing football, and and they quote unquote put themselves in more harm's way. Yeah. Yet they're still in the field. So I mean, this whole notion of you know dual threat guys, you know they're not really worth the investment because they can't stay on the field well. These seven-step dropback guys, where are they? So, you know, that maybe maybe that's something to think about for people. Well, who... I think I, I here's what I think. I I don't view like I thought last night. Will Levis sometimes was was doing some stuff he won't be doing as he gets older, mm-hmm. right? Challenging guys. I don't think Jalen puts himself in harm's way. I don't. I, don't, I think he's a very smart. I don't guy. either. Yeah, I don't either. He has he has moments where you're like, oh, like that one hit against the 49ers where he went out for the concussion. I, I when I saw the hit, I was like, oh, that's a little ugly. And it ended up being a hit that sent him out for a little bit, but um, he passed concussion protocol. Um, so they say. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah um, and the thing about Jalen Hurts, man, he's so calm. You, you you can't tell if he's concussed or not. Like no. he's just he's just, he's just so damn smooth, so calm. So it's not a dude you want to be playing cards with. I can tell you that much. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I mean, um, a lot of money sitting at home right now, man. Yep, a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, this is funny related to this. So Mike Vrabel's meeting with, with reporters after last night's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's shown Will Levis video of quarterback sliding and, and making the rules work to their advantage. He said, quote, I guess we'll have to show him video of quarterbacks not sliding and getting the shit beat out of them <laughs> for him to, to learn his lesson. So that's uh, Mike Vrabel there. Yeah, because um, uh, Levis is a, um, he's a solid dude. He's a big dude. But he's still, a big he's a big dude. Yeah, but we're still we've, we've seen guys that don't matter. Beat- We've seen the biggest guys take the biggest shots or the biggest guys take the littlest shots and they fall. So exactly. got uh, to be smart, man, if you want to play this game for a long time. Uh, Jedrick Willis, the uh, the uh, left tackle for the Browns, knee surgery out for the year. That's a big blow to them. Yeah, uh, I heard about that, man. That sucks. They've had a – man, they've had a tough go uh, with yeah. injuries. You know, they have had a really tough go. I, I think Kevin Stefanski's got a, gotten the short end of the stick there in, in Cleveland. Hasn't he, man? Because he, yeah. he's a good coach, clearly. He is. But if they make God. the mistake of bouncing him, I think somebody's going to get a good one in him. But yeah, because it's clearly it's not his fault. Like they, they either, either guys are hurt, he doesn't have the quarterback. Yep. Um, it's always something, but it's never because of him not doing his job. I've never felt like Stefanski never did his job, you know. So. Right, I agree. Oh, I agree. I yeah, it's no takeaway like, hey, this is on him. It doesn't feel like that. It just feels like he's you know kind of hanging in there. All right. Um, 
Top five QB rankings, Tone. This this was actually hard this week. It was hard because, you, like we said, you always want to balance what they're doing this year and kind of who they are. And I and I maybe violated that this week because I don't know that I gave enough just due to the OGs. I, I went very much in the moment of what's happening. Same here. And I'll, and, and I'll, I'll bear the lead right now. Jalen Hurts is not on my list. He's not on my list either. I'll bear the lead right now. Yep. So, He's not on my list either. All right. I'll, I'll give you mine real quick. Yep. Five is Stroud. And I know he had the concussion last week and they lost, but, uh, you know, he's been awesome this year. Lamar Jackson is four. Two is three. Purdy's two. Prescott's one. I go Prescott, Purdy, two of Jackson, Stroud. I never thought that would be my list after 13 games played in the NFL. Yeah, actually, our lists are very similar. Um, I have Josh Allen at five, uh, CJ Stroud at four, Tua at three, Purdy at two. Dak at one. So Dak, Purdy, Tua, CJ Stroud, and Allen. Um, the reason I got Josh Allen on my list is because I've really been paying attention to him all year. And yeah, he has some some ugly turnovers. He's carrying that team. Yeah. He is legitimate. Like, like, did you like that Chiefs game? Yeah. He is legitimately carrying that team. So um I just, I just, I just feel like you know he's he he's playing he's playing pretty good football right now. You know, I was like I was looking at everybody, and I just couldn't think of anybody that I would rather put at number five. Even though five is like a fringe spot, it could have really been anybody. But you know, I was more inclined to put Allen there. You know, CJ Stroud, outside of him getting concussed, he's been playing great. Yeah. Uh, Tua, you know, still top of the league as far as um, production. Uh, Purdy and Dak, for obvious reasons, man, they smacked the Philadelphia Eagles badly. They put up great numbers two weeks in a row. I mean, it's, it's just. You know, it, it is what it is, man. Um, Jalen Hurts is not playing top five football right now. Um, yeah. You know, so we might as, well, you know, might as well get that out of our minds right now. You know, do I think he's a top five talent um, at the position? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he's one of the I think he's one of the more I think he's I think he's top five probably overall. But right now he's not playing top five. So I agree with you. I mean, look, we um we base this on what's happening. It's a combo of things, but it is also what's happening now. Like if we, if we revisit this, which we generally do it about every two, three weeks, mm-hmm. Jalen could be on there. And, and some of these guys could yeah, fall off. Sure. I, I also agree with you with Josh Allen. I, the only thing that held me off of him is the turnovers, but I get it. he has been really good for them. Um, that's for sure. But it is interesting. Like there were a couple guys that I debated about. Um, and I kind of went, but one of them was Allen, uh, but the, the, the other ones, for me that I looked at, you always think Mahomes, but no, yeah, I, I, mean, I, could, I couldn't in good faith put Mahomes there. I no, couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't either. Um, in all fairness. And I thought about for a minute, Jared Goff, but he's kind of cooled off a little. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's I mean, a lot of his defense has let him down too. He's but been turning the ball over a lot lately. That's the other problem. Um, so I, you know, I feel good about everybody else. I don't, I don't think there's any other, Anybody else there's really a case to be made for at this point. You know what's fascinating also? Um, the top 10 quarterbacks in the league in terms of passing yards, right? Yeah. You know, Tua at one, CJ Stroud at uh CJ Stroud at two, yep. Purdy at three, Prescott at four, Sam Howell at five, Golf at six, Josh Allen at seven, Mahomes at eight, Trevor Lawrence at nine, Jalen, Jalen Hurts at ten in terms of passing yards, right? Mm-hmm. Did you know? Out of those 10 guys, seven of them 
have double digit interceptions on the season? Wow. No. Except seven of them. Only three of them have seven interceptions or less. The rest of them, 10, 10 interceptions or more. So what does that tell you? Interceptions aren't the end-all, be-all. Yeah. But they can be damning if you allow them to be. So, um, you know, Tua has 10. Prescott, uh, I'm sorry, um, Sam Howell has 14. Golf has 10. Josh Allen has 14 interceptions. Mahomes has 11. Trevor Lawrence has 10 interceptions. Jalen Hurts has 10 interceptions. You know, interceptions, in my opinion, they can't be a key indicator in a guy if a guy is good or not. They, they, they're they mistakes. And all these guys have thrown the ball north of 400 times already. All right. these guys have thrown the ball. You don't have to look at attempts. You don't. Yep. If, you have to if, look if, at circumstance. Hal's always trailing or in tight games, so he's got to throw mm-hmm. a ton. Exactly, exactly. You know, um, the all these guys have thrown 430 attempts or more. So – you know, when you, you know when you put all that into perspective, I mean, it's kind of hard to really kill these guys for having all these interceptions. You know, it's it's just the timing of them all. It's um, do they lead to points directly? Uh, are you know, are, are they game altering? That's really what it's about. So the interceptions aren't a key indicator if a guy's good or not, in my yeah. opinion. Not 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 not. Well, it, just, it can't be the end all be all. Where it's exactly just like, exactly yeah. it can't it can't be the end all be all. Yeah, and a lot of it is timing too. You know, a lot of it. A lot of it comes down to um, you know, when it happens in game. Like, look at you know, you, Jalen's fumble against the Jets was a, was right, a kill, right. right? Or whatever. But I mean, I'm just giving an example. There's mm-hmm. there's things that that can that can factor into this thing. Um, that's for sure. Um, all right, so uh, let's uh, a couple other things I wanted to hit, to hit you with before we we get a time out here because there's a bunch of stuff I want to hit you with. Including how they structured Otani's contract, which is yeah, I saw that. That was that's insane, man. Whoa, whoa! They deferred the hell out of that thing. Yeah, well, let's talk about it for a second. So, uh, if you didn't hear of the seven hundred million dollars that he got, he is basically deferring sixty-eight million every year for ten years. He's taking a two million dollar salary, having it deferred after the deal. And I'm assuming there's there's tax breaks there, there's interest accrued, like there's all kinds of reasons why you would do it if you're Otani. Other than yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a little part of it. Hey, this this helps the Dodgers have flexibility with uh, luxury tax and all that kind of stuff. But I was I was blown away it'd be that much. Like I, I was thinking, oh, uh, pay me 35 and the other 35 will defer or something like that. Not 68 of this every year. He's a smart man. He's a smart it's, man. It might revolutionize the way the contracts are done. He's a smart man because what he's doing, not what he's doing is he's quite literally securing not only his future, he's he's securing the future of generations and generations and generations of his family by doing that. He's yeah. he's he secured his life to, to the highest degree. And on top of that, like you said, providing the organization flexibility and that's not even talking about the money he's making off the field. That's why that's why he did that. He's not tripping. You know, he's like, look, two million a year from baseball. He loves the game. He's making so much money from New Balance. Yep. You know, making you know, making so much money off the field, man. Probably making so much money in Japan. Like he's like, he's like, yo, I, I'm not, I'm not tripping about this. When and when 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 you're playing, you're playing at that high of a level. When you're in, when you're that as good as he is, you get most of your stuff for free anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like. 
It's smart as hell. I would, I would yeah. probably do the same thing. Yeah, I probably would have did the same thing. I, I, I probably, a, I probably wouldn't have deferred that much of it. But that feels like a lot. But, but hey, but, he knows what he's doing. I'm sure. Yeah. he knows what he's doing. There's I probably would have deferred maybe 500 of it. This is the opposite <laughs> of somebody who just gets it and can't can't flush it away fast enough. You know, burn it fast enough. He's going the opposite route uh, mm-hmm. of that. Um, I, I saw this one time. Jay Leno, who used to host the Tonight Show, right before uh, Jimmy Fallon took it over. So he, Jay Leno was being paid like 15 million a year to do the tonight show. Okay. Easy money. And he did it for over 20 years. He said that not one time, I think he might've done it for 30 years actually, but he said not one time did he ever actually, I think it was 20. It was like 20 something years. He said not one time did he ever touch a penny from what his salary was on the tonight show. You're kidding. He used it all, all the, spending money he ever needed and pay his bills and, and for his lifestyle was what he made off of stand-up comedy, which he would do either during the week or, or on weekends. And he never touched a penny of that. Just put it away, put it away, put it away for all those years. That's wild. Wow. Yeah. Do I believe that hundred percent? I don't know, man. I mean, listen, he, listen. his rate for, for stand-up was a very high number. Like, okay. Okay, see, 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 that's the thing, right? Um, Jay Leno was before me, like, so it's just like, yeah, maybe I'm underestimating his um, his stand up um, revenue, but in the grand scheme of things, when you think about it, let's just say he's telling the truth, but maybe he touched one percent of it, maybe five percent of it. Okay, the fact that you say 95 percent of what you made from that show is stellar, it is so you know. Um, I'll you know I'll bite you know I'll I'll roll with that. Listen, that's awesome, man. Listen, man, it's not how much it's not how much you spend, it's how much you make. Actually, it's not how much you make, it's how much you save. Yes, it's how much you save. Kids, save your money, clear your debt, and save your money. Yeah, you it's more it's more life is more fun when you're in your forties and you have money rather than in your twenties <laughs> and you're just spending it as quick as you get it. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Look forward to look look forward to life when you got a, a, a nice ass nest egg. I'm telling you. You know what I mean? I'm 29. I'm saving. I say I, I save a lot more. So um life's all right on this side. <laughs> I hear it. I hear it. All right. Let's step aside. Let's come back. We got a bunch to do. Uh we didn't get to the uh the best coach uh presently in Philadelphia sports. So right, we'll that'd dive, be easy. Yeah, we'll dive into that. Uh a bunch of other things. Uh, that we will get into. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll circle it back to the Eagles as well. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Grossinger is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Final segment of the show, Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging with you on this Tuesday. I meant to hit you th- with, with this earlier in our uh, first segment, uh, but I always try to give you an Eagles question of the day. And and I think we dipped into it a little bit, but I, I want to get your take on it and sort of bounce off of uh, bounce back and forth okay. with it. Do you think the Eagles issues are correctable? And if you had to put a percentage on it, what's the percentage on this being correctable in your estimation? Oh, man, that's a great question. Loaded, but great. Um, I would have to say 60% of this is correctable. Now, I don't know 60%. if that's a percent. Okay. I don't well, I think it's pretty, prob- probably a pretty fair number. Okay, because, yeah, I, I give 50% instantly to the offense. 50%. Yeah. I'm looking at it. 50% defense, 50% offense, right? Yep. Um, 50% of the off. 50% of this Philadelphia Eagles team is correctable, and that falls on the offense side of the ball. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts is not playing his best football right now. Um, no one on offense is really playing their best. Um, they got punched in the mouth two weeks in a row. Um, they failed to put up They failed to put up 20 points at any point over the past two mm-hmm. weeks. They understand that. Yep. Um, I think that's the most correctable part of this team. I give that other 10% to the defense, and that defense mainly falls on the defensive line. Um, I think the defensive line, Actually, I'll split that 10% between the defensive line and the DBs because I think the defensive line, you know, they haven't been terrible, but at the same time, they could be getting home a lot more. Um, but they're kind of fighting um, another battle within the battle um, because the because the back end is so terrible. Um, I give the other 5% to the DBs because I think um, from a tech, maybe from a fundamental standpoint or maybe just from um, 
a confidence standpoint, it could, it could, it could probably improve, but I'm being optimistic. So I give, I, I have no hope in the linebacker situation, if I'm being honest. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think 60% of this team's issues are correctable. 50% going immediately to the offense, um, 5% going to D-line, and 5% going to the DBs. I like your breakdown. Um, I would go, I would go, I would, I think D-line gets about 20%. Because they can be better. I know they're a little bit tired, but I know what they're capable of in terms of getting after the quarterback and stopping the run. So I'm going to get lay them, lay that at them. But the rest of it, I, man, Tone, I don't know that this is correctable with your linebackers or your secondary. So yeah. let's jump over to the offense. Yeah. Smarter with running the ball, more effective with running the ball, mix in screens, have more than just three people targeted. They only targeted A.J. Brown. Devontae and Dallas Goddard in the air. The only throw that Zacchaeus caught was the throw from Braden Mann, the punter. That was it. Get guys more involved, uh, more, diversify this thing, get it out of his hands quicker. I think I think Brian Johnson and Nick, Nick first. Nick and Brian Johnson can do a lot more with that side. I don't I don't know what Desai is, but I know that he doesn't have enough horses. That's the way I view Desai. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, so what was your percentage? 20 goes to the defensive line 40 goes at 60 as well but i'm oh you give me okay 60 as well okay okay. i'm just just divvying it up that way okay no problem problem. 40 on the defensive uh, or on the offensive side okay yeah reasonable yeah i just think i i think there's too many there's too much talent and you're healthy enough offensively where i can't give them a pass i'm sorry you have a runner-up MVP candidate quarterback. You have arguably the best offensive line in football. You have two studs on the outside with Devontae and A.J. Brown. You now have Goddard back. This has to look better than this. It, 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 no touchdown scored in the, for the first time in 90-something games, whatever? No. Yeah. Unacceptable. Agreed. I couldn't, I, I couldn't agree more with you, Rob. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I just wanted to bounce that one off you. So let's stay with this. You know, Nick has done an incredible job overall since he took this thing over as the Eagles head coach. But it's been disappointing this year in that it's been kind of up and down and certainly the last couple of games, but it's only two games. Nick Nurse, since he got here, has done an excellent job with this Sixers team and getting the most out of them and it helped that they got rid of Harden and all that, but he's getting the most out of this team. John Tortorella is performing miracles, uh, you know, with the Flyers right now to have them with the record that they have. Um, and then Rob Thompson, all he's done is took over midway through a season, got him to a World Series, and got him to Game 7 of an NLCS. So when you mm. arrest him, who's the best coach in town right now of the of the big four? Of the big four, man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm going to go Tortorella number one because Ooh. he he is making he is making apple pie out of lemon limes. I don't know how he's doing it, yeah. but he's doing it. Granted, they're a very young team, very inexperienced, but they're 15 and 10 and 2. Got to give credit where credit is due. Um, I like that. I like I like a guy who knows how to make do with what he has. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coaching these guys up, man. He's doing a hell of a coaching job. Uh, number two, number two, I'll give it to Rob Thompson. Rob Thompson, he has... Um, he has the back-to-back seasons of success to prove it. 
Um, he took over this team who was who was um, snake bitten by Joe Girardi, right. and um, he's managed to get this team to a World Series and an NLCS Game Seven. So, um, and he also just got extended, I think, to add a couple more he seasons. Did. Yeah, through the twenty-five season. Yeah, yeah. So, so they added a, a couple more years or another year onto it. So, I like what they're doing there. But I, I like what Rob Thompson is doing with the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, he's maximizing that talent to the best of his ability. Um, third, I go Nick Nurse. He hasn't been here that long, um, but he, I love what he's doing with Tyrese Maxey. Um, he's he, he's pretty much um, exposed how good he is to the rest of the world. Uh, he's pretty much known what we already knew. Now that the world can see it on a on a great level, um, he's leaning into what Joel Embiid and Nick, and uh, Tyrese Maxey does well, maximizing the roster, and um, they're winning and they're dominating and they're, and they're dominating the teams that's supposed to dominate. Right. Number four, right now, Nick Sirianni's in, he, he he he's in the, he's in the doghouse with me right now. <laughs> um, two weeks in a row where your team looked like they don't belong on the football field. Two weeks in a row where your team just looks like they're not even ready to go. Um, they look like um they're unprepared. They don't, you know they don't have the fire. They don't understand what's at stake here. Um, you're just 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 these past two weeks has just been not good for Nick Sirianni, and, and it's it's done a lot of damage. Um, in my opinion, to his um to his to his stock with me so far. Can that change? Sure. But right now, Nick Sirianni is on my shit list. So mm. um, number one, Tortorella. Uh, number two, Rob Thompson. Number three, Nick Nurse. Number four, Nick Sirianni. Oh, man, it's hard. It is hard because, you know, you recognize, you know, Tortorella is doing it with, man. Nobody. No talent. And some people might say, well, Nick has a 10-3 record. So freaking what? Yeah. How did it look? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. Thompson has taken them far, but I've been disappointed in the the way that two years closed out some of the decisions that he made. I didn't like I didn't like going with Kimbrell. Yeah. I thought that was a huge mistake, but and I didn't like the year before pulling Wheeler out of the game in the World Series. They both blew up in his face. Um yeah, and he left which we'll call it out there a little too long, um, at the nine spot. Yes, um, uh, Rojas. Rojas. Left him out there too long in that game seven. All right. So that, that eliminates him from one. Man, Nick's won a ton. Tortorella's lack of talent. Nick Nurse is a breath of fresh air. It's funny. You can make a case for every one of these guys to be one. Or you can make a case for every one of them to be last. Yeah, you could. You could. You could. You know? Isn't that weird? You, uh-huh. you could. I don't think Tortorella should be last in any, in any conversation, though. I can't but, put him last. I yeah, can't put him last. But um, all those all all those other guys. See here, see, no. Here's the thing. Actually, I think I'm putting think, Nurse last. No, no, no. Oh, really? See, yeah, and I love what he's done. It's just too early. I'm gonna go Nurse uh, four, Tortorella three, Thompson two, Nick one. I'm still going Nick one. I'll see, tell you why in a second. I thought this. Here's my logic. I felt yeah. like you can't put. Tortorella or Nick Nurse last. Either those guys had to be two or three. Rob Thompson and Nick Sirianni had to either be one or four because of everything you mentioned. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was my that was that was my logic a little bit. Um, you know, you know, in your case, right? Um, but please, um, give me. Well, your I'm almost ever. giving them. I'm giving them, and it's a little bit unfair. It's certainly unfair to Nick Nurse, and it's a little bit unfair to Tortorella. I'm, I, 
because Nurse has been here for such a short period of time. Tortorella was given nothing. But I'm looking at what Thompson did with the team that was 22 and 29, and, and in two years has transformed them into World Series contenders for sure. And yeah. Nick Nurse took over a thing that had four wins and within two years was in the Super Bowl. So they've taken their teams to crazy heights. And again, that's really unfair to the other two. But that's my reasoning. And now, if you if we revisit this at the end of the regular season in four weeks and the Eagles still look this way and they're scraping by the Cardinals and have dropped one of the Giants, man, that changes really, really fast. So where was so where was Sirianni for, Sirianni for you again? One. I want Sirianni, Thompson, oh. Torts, Nurse. And again, it's not really a, a reflection of the other, the last two. It's really not. Okay. It's not. I it's think, hard. You know, it's so funny. Our lists are different for this main reason. I think, I think I'm focused more so on the micro. You're focused more on the macro. Yes, I agree with you. Would you, would you, would you agree with that? I think that's totally right. Yeah. Which, which, totally right. which, you know, which speaks to just, you know, our, our difference in, you know, when, 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 you know, when, when, when you're, when you're older, you're a little bit more rational. You're, little, you know, you're a little bit more, you know, or you're more setting your ways. You're I don't more know setting your ways, right? You know, when yeah. you're younger, you're kind of fickle and you're emotional and all those things, right? And that's and I and, and I think that's where I am probably. I think we're getting some good points by the folks in the chat too. I, I mean, it is, it's probably a more fair thing to reevaluate after all the seasons after over. These right? Three seasons are over, like yeah, after the yeah. NBA and NFL and NHL are over. It's right, probably, right. But it's, it's yeah, it's a fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's, it's fun to think about. I think Tortorella's. Um, he's so far he's positioning himself to maybe be a coach of the year candidate. You never know. Oh, I, for sure, I think he is. I think Nurse is in a conversation with that early, very yeah. early, yeah, uh, in so, the NBA. So we'll see, man. Um, but right now, I'm sorry, Sirianni is um, he's uh, he's uh, he's, he's 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 upsetting me. All right, what's your early gut? Telling you, I don't, I'm not looking for a breakdown here. Uh, right. I'm just saying, what is your early gut telling you whether they win or lose the Seattle game? And and you have subject subject to change. You got a long way. We got yeah. forever to go. We're not even into like Seattle tomorrow. You start to turn the page to Seattle. But but what's your early early gut? See, my early gut saying Eagles win. I was actually going to say the exact same thing. Um, my you know my my early feeling, um, on Tuesday, December twelfth. Um, I think they win the game. Um. I have a hard time. I have a hard time trusting this team, but I also have a hard time believing that they're going to lose three in a row. Right. That's the part for me. And also, here's a here's a stat that people haven't really talked about. Silio um, reminded me of it yesterday. Um, teams that played the teams that played the 49ers the week before mm-hmm. are one in thirty five the week after. Okay. So basically. If you play 49ers, you're likely to lose that following game. Yep. And that's kind of how it played out for the Philadelphia Eagles. Because the 49ers, they they do they they beat you up and they they, they pull so much out of you offensively and defensively. And most of the time when teams play them, they lose. Yeah. Case in point, the Philadelphia Eagles lost the Super Bowl the week after they played them or two weeks yeah. after. So that's um that's a real thing as of right now. And they lost and, and, and then they lost again after playing them. So um I don't. I, I. I just don't think. I just don't think this team is going to drop three in a row. I don't think that as as shaky as I am about them, I don't see them losing to Seattle. I don't either. And I know how hard it is to play there. I know the Eagles haven't won there since 08. But 
while Seattle's good at home this year, they're four and two, they've lost twice. It's not impossible to go there and win. And, you know, quite frankly, what happened in 08, what happened in 9, 10, 12, 15, what does that have to do with this year's team? Very little. I mean, it's a cool thing to say that they have – it's not cool if you're an Eagles fan, but it's an interesting thing to say. But I think the Eagles go there and win. Um, I think the offense plays very well on this game. I think the defense does enough. Uh, again, so, we'll get into the, the the total breakdown of it. But if, if I, I, you know me, Tony, I had a, I didn't have a good feeling from the jump the last two weeks, and it, and it played out that way. I have a good feeling about this one. Like I have a feeling they're going to win. I don't think they're going to kill Seattle, but I have a feeling they're going to win this game. Yeah, I think man. I think Hurts shows up big here. Yeah, I would. Like I, to, I, I, I would like to think so. No, no touchdowns last week. He's going to show up. Yeah, yeah, that just can't be a thing, man. Um, I think ball security is going to be a huge emphasis this, um, you know, uh, this playoff. I mean, not playoff, this practice week. You know, I think uh, ball security is going to be a huge emphasis. Your three, your three superstars on offense fumble the ball in the same spot on the field. Yeah, that can't happen, man. Yeah. So no, I, got, I I agree with you. I I don't you got, like. Yeah. It's got to be lived to see another day. Hey, if you all right, you're not. You know, you may not get that extra yard. Okay, protect the ball and go down. Right, and then um, I think t- Seattle, they're they have a fiery defense. They're gonna they're gonna try you. They're gonna try to punch that ball out and test your ball security. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 saw that film. They're going right at AJ Brown. They're going right at Smith. They're going right at Hurts. Mm-hmm. They need to know that they're going to try to put their ball in their hands. They're gonna and they're going to test it. They they handle that handle that issue. Oh, big time. I agree with you big time. Oh, Seattle. Oh, heck yeah. And by the way, it looks like um, Devin Witherspoon is going to play for them. So he has been, he's a really good player. Yeah. Really. Any word on Deacon Metcalf in the league? No, that's been quiet. I got, you know, maybe he's he's playing there. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, you know what they're going to do? I, I, they'll hit him with a quote unquote, big fine. You know, big to us, not big to him, and he'll be playing. Right. And, and yeah. maybe there's an unspoken. You get one more of these, then we really are going to, you know, not yeah. the opera game. Here. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, DK Metcalf is going to cook whoever's on him. Yeah, I'm right now. I'm, I'm, Bradbury, Bradbury may have size, but he's too slow for him. Yeah, Slay may have a speed, but he's too small for him. Yep, it's going to be hard defending that dude. Real hard. Yeah, Good I don't luck. I don't like any parts of that. Um, you know, they can run the ball too. If Walker's healthy, Walker and Charbonneau are both good. So they can run the ball. This is where the defense has got to show you that they're real. I mean, Seattle throws Metcalf, Lockett, and Smith the bit in the Jigba at you. So you're dealing with like three legitimate receivers here. Mm-hmm. The Jigba's still learning the game a little bit here, but the that guy's got crazy ability. Lockett's the old crafty veteran, and you know what Metcalf is. So they're exactly. they're gonna they got some they got some talent. Now the big thing is if it's not if it's not Geno and it's Drew Locke, there's a massive difference there. That's the thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if, well, you know what? Somebody I can't remember who said this. I think it was D Gun. I think he said something along the lines of um he wouldn't be surprised if they sat Geno against 49ers just to give him an extra week of rest so he could face the Eagles at home. Possible, yeah. Um, I'm not really too. I, I got to look into Geno's injury to find out what it is and so on and so forth. But man, even if he's back, how healthy is he? 
So you got that's the thing. So you, He's dealing so, with a groin too. That's a oh, it's a groin. That oh. can easily be a thing again real quick if he's you know yeah tackled the wrong way or taken down which the wrong can, way which can affect the mobility hey listen d line that might be that might be something on the silver platter for you mm-hmm. so here we go uh, yeah look up, i feel i would feel good about the eagles regardless of who plays quarterback in this game um i think i just think they're gonna sh- it just feels like a show up kind of game for me if you get this one all of a sudden now I know how well the Giants are playing of late, but all of a sudden now you just put everything back into perspective and, and you look at the gauntlet and they ended up going three and two or four and two, mm-hmm. depending if you want to take it back to the Cowboys game before the bye. And then all the, then then you, you can kind of step away from it with a good a better feeling about it. But you're if you've been in the moment, which I know we have and everybody has that's that's listening and watching, you know things haven't looked right. Seattle be a good get right game because you could roll that over into the last three games big time. And also, you don't want to keep losing games in your conference. So, no. um, that's the advantage you have right now over Dallas, too. Exactly. Dallas is seven and three in the conference. Um, you're you're six and two in the conference. You got to find a way to maintain that. So, um, this is this is a big opportunity for the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll find out what happens. Yeah, and we'll and we're gonna find out too. I I do think that the thing I can't get away from with them is I do believe that there's a lot of character on this team. And, and there's a lot of leadership on this team. And I understand, like, you got to go out and make plays. And, and all that stuff is fine and dandy, but you got to go out and make plays. But I don't I don't see them losing three in a row. I don't see them coming off two horrible efforts, not playing well, not playing hard, and not playing smarter, cleaner football in this game. I just don't. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. That's, that's, that's the part right there. Back like back to back to back losses? Nah, hell no, that can't happen. You might as well just pack it in if you ask me. Yeah. Well, um, if that's I'll... the case, if you go out, you go out like this, like you go out losing, out meaning like finish off this this gauntlet, losing these three games. I, I you know, I, you're putting yourself in a really tough spot, needing a lot of help. Right now, all you really need, if you can handle your business, is the 49ers to trip up once. Once. That's the case. You're the one. All you need. All you, need, all you need. You don't need help from anybody else. So take it out of everybody else's hands and put it in your hands and, and, and handle your business. I do wonder, I do wonder a, a little bit about the Cowboys this week for two reasons, Tone. Very emotional game last week against the Eagles, right? They go to Buffalo. Buffalo is super desperate and Buffalo's favored in this game. I would think I know Dallas that's crazy, right? In that game. Yeah. Well, Buffalo's home too. So um that's what I but I'm saying they should I, I still thought the the Cowboys would be a small favorite. No, yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, that, that was a shocker for me too. Uh, Buffalo, man, they here's the thing, man. Buffalo can easily be what's their record? What they're seven and six right now? Yeah. Buffalo could easily be um what is that? Nine and eight. I'm oh, sorry, sure. not nine. And, I'm sorry. They could easily be nine, um, nine, nine and four. Yeah, at least at they could least easily be nine and four. Yeah. Easily be nine and four. Yeah. But you know, certain things don't. So certain things don't go your way, man. Yeah. Um, they could have beat the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So, look, man. I think I think I think Buffalo is a good team still. Um, are they mismanaged at times? Definitely. Are they battling a lot of injury on the defense side of the ball? Definitely. Mm-hmm. But. I think I think the Cowboys got another thing coming that they think they're just going to just 
walk in Buffalo and just take that team out, you I know, without, you know, without, without it being a tough day. Yep. All right. Let's wrap. Uh, I want to thank everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Uh, don't go anywhere. We have the national football show coming your way with Dan Silvio yes. and Tone. Tone and I are back tomorrow at the same time. Tone, great job, man. Uh, as always, looking forward to hanging with you. Yes, tomorrow. sir. I appreciate you. All right. Take care, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. We are Sports Take. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.